This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. A former chief of an emergency services department in Berks County is accused of secretly recording at least 11 women in the bathroom. The discovery was made back on May 24th at the Carnarvon uh, Township Police. Uh, They say they found a hidden camera installed in the women's restroom at the Elverson Honeybrook Area EMS Building Headquarters. Authorities say 39-year-old Jason McCulley used the hidden camera to record women, some of whom were underage between October 26, 2021 and May 24, 2022. None of the victims had prior knowledge that they were being recorded. McCulley was the chief of the Elverson Honeybrook Area EMS at the time of the crimes, according to the investigators. After a search warrant, authorities say that they found pictures of women using the EMS restroom stored on McCulley's phone. So is this guy's defense just, I'm sorry, Your Honor, I just like watching women poop. Right. Go to Capital City to watch the ladies make a... Um, maybe he's a big Chuck Berry fan. You know... And maybe that's his tribute. It's his, you know, his tribute to rock and roll. Have you ever origins. been in a, in a place where you want, like, a couple of times when I've been in, uh, like, um, you know, try-on rooms at, at stores, I'm like... Look in the mirror? I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. No, I am. As well, I'm like, you know, I wonder yeah. if somebody's getting their jollies back. And I'm yeah. like, man, you picked the worst day to come <laughs> yeah. to work. Cause what you're going to see is going to trouble you for the rest of your life. You just look in the mirror, yeah. Steve, and you're like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I just, the, this is what I was dealt. Yeah. Well, do you see the thing with people checking the mirrors in all the hotel rooms? Yes. Like, yeah. And that if it's a double sided mirror, whatever. well, Airbnb, I, I know that that's a big thing oh, too. Right. To also check your, you know, your setup there because there have been more than one story about right cameras set. Cameras think about there. that in hotels, though. Yeah, I know. Th- yeah, apparently, there... I don't know, apparently you can take, like, you just put a little bit of toothpaste on your finger, put, like, a fingerprint, and then it'll, sh- I guess it shows whether or not it's It's, it's a two-way size. mirror, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. yeah okay. I, I don't know. I saw, like, a couple of videos recently on that. Okay. I walked in, and there, there was clearly, there was filming going on because there was actually a director sitting in a chair, and I'm like, well, this is, they're not even trying. You're being to obvious. Yeah, yeah. I right. see you. Yeah. All right. Now, take out your penis. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I have, like, a 100-point checklist. I'm like, no bed bugs, <laughs> I'm sure. mirrors, right. Right. clean yeah. the remote, even though it's plastic and you it's a have plastic to. bag. Yes. Uh, McCulley was arrested on Monday. He is facing a long list of charges, including sexual abuse of children. Children. Oh, man. Police in South Philadelphia are looking for a would-be thief who tried to break into two games of skill machines early Monday morning. It happened at the 7-Eleven on the 2300 block of West, West Passion Avenue around 4 a.m. Surveillance video shows a man repeatedly smashing one machine with an axe before moving on to the next one. Despite hitting them for several minutes, uh, he did not get into either, police said. Several minutes. Several minutes. The footage of what was watching the footage. They never let me into the 7-Eleven when I have my axe with me. I don't know how this guy got in. What's a games of skill game? You You see those. They're like the the poker machines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They they say they have a lot of money in them, so that's what he was trying to do. Okay. Can you win money when you're playing that? I don't know, Casey. That's the exact question I had. I never stopped to do those, Casey, because there's, um, in Wildwood on the boardwalk, they've got, uh, you know, arcades that have those poker poker games, not poker games, (laughs) poker games in there, and I'm like, I never really have stopped to go, do you actually win money with this or not? Because or... I have seen gentlemen <laughs> sitting down at these machines at my set, and I'm like, 
What? what? I assume I'm like, you is do. that illegal? No, I mean, it, they wouldn't have it out in the open if it was illegal. Clearly not. But, but I, the same question I had is, to, so if you do well will it or, or you win, does it dispense cash to you? Right. Or does it dispense... A, a something that allows you to go to the register and redeem cash. Yeah, someone please enlighten us. Yeah, yeah. Let it. Let us know about that. On these machines. Text or call, please. Uh, so no one was injured in the incident. The city has seen a rash of these types of crimes due to the amount of money inside the machines. The manufacturer has changed the way they build them. Newer games are now made of metal and I guess harder to get inside well, they, of. So they say right there that there's, yep. there's money inside the machines. Yeah. The owner of the store believes the thieves got away with nothing. Anyone with information is asked to contact police at 215-686-TIPS. School officials in Philadelphia don't expect the district to be greatly impacted by the national shortage of che- teachers due to a strong staffing level. Uh, The school district of Philadelphia says they are 97% staffed for the upcoming school year and still actively recruiting and hiring non-instructional roles. Meanwhile, parents of students in understaffed districts believe the teacher shortage could stunt the education of students still catching up from the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm teaching a few algebra courses. All right. Do you know anything about algebra? No, no, I wouldn't say I'm really up to snuff on it, but I can pick it up. All right. Public school students across Philadelphia will report back to school buildings on Monday. The district previously announced that students and staff will be masks for the first 10 days of the academic year. Then masks will become optional unless the school encounters a spike in COVID-19 infections. By the way, follow-up and some texts coming in. You do win money, according to a few people. PA legalized this a few years ago. A guy says, I saw a guy win five grand on one in a Sunoco one time. Wow. All right. Wow. Wow. Interesting. I don't know if I'd be confident I know. Walking out of a gas station Hang when on. I just won five grand. We're sitting there and playing. Yeah. Let me go to Steve. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. What's up, buddy? Hey, I was just calling about that. It's a Pennsylvania skill machine. They're actually in a couple states, but it's um, similar to a slot machine. The difference would be that instead of like on a slot machine, you just press the button and it will let you win regardless with these machines, you do have to have a certain level of skill to touch a button right. on the screen or something. Right. So the, the the question is, is how do you how do you cash out? Does the money spit? I mean, does the, the the actual machine spit cash out, or do you go and redeem a coupon for money, or what? How do you do that? It's a ticket that gets pulled out, and you either go to a register. There's some places that have a cash machine next to those, though, that you can just redeem it from the ticket. Yeah, I think that's that, obviously that can be problematic. Though the thieves didn't get access to the money. The guy with the axe at least didn't. But yeah, like, he was trying to, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. trying to smash his machine open. So maybe there's some amount of money inside those machines. I don't know. Well, yeah, really that's know. what they said. That's why. Well, there's no. definitely money in it from people putting the money oh, in Oh, true, um, true, yeah. All okay. right. And there's Interesting. been multiple stories about people stealing those, um, right. stealing that money. They break the locks into them. Okay. All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it, no man. All right. See you. Yep. Real quick, uh, one last call. Brian here actually works for a company that makes those uh, games. Hi, Brian. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, how's it going? No, we don't make them. We, oh. uh, we're we a company that own a bunch of them. Okay. Oh. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, like our previous caller, maybe the reason this guy was trying to break into it was because of the money that people are putting into it. Not that it has this, like, an ATM machine type of quality where it spits out all this cash if you win it. Exactly. There okay. are machines that uh, that dispense the money, and then a lot of places don't. And uh, the money goes in the machine, mm-hmm. and then it's up to the owner to kind of take the money out every day or every night or every morning. Okay. And we tr- we encourage that, like, hey, like, empty these things out because yeah. it's just a <laughs> yeah. gold mine. Yeah, right. But, totally. But like, we've had bars and stuff that like kids, like we've we've seen video of like our machines too, like 
kids have like pulled up, broken into the bar, try to take the whole machine and fit it in their Honda. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. What was the movie they, Friday? Once they get it outside, they're like, "Oh, this isn't going to fit in the back door." <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Where, where they steal the ATM machine and can't get it. That might have been. Movie. Right. It was yeah, also yeah, in Breaking too. Bad as well. But yeah. Uh, so, right, wait, thanks. but Brian, oh. how how are they legal? Like, is it part of the lottery or? No, it's it's a separate company, and um, there was only one company at the time that was legal in Pennsylvania, and then um, another company, they they're somewhat legal because it's it's all based on the software. There's a loophole because it's not actually like a um, like a slot machine. It's it's considered a skill machine. Okay. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right. So eventually, one day you'll walk into a Sunoco and there'll be a, a roulette table there. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's. I, let me tell you, there are. <laughs> ones I've gone to that have these back rooms that I kind of just turn a blind eye to because oh I am God. like, what is going on? <laughs> what goes on in the back room at the gas I'm just, station? I'm waiting yeah. for Philadelphia to get their act together to actually crack down all, on all these legal machines. Wow. And then, like, the, the casinos, um, they're a huge lobbyist for... Um, to get these machines out because it's taken away. They say it's taken away from their Sure, right. sure, yeah. Um, it's not really because a lot of these people that play these machines. Because there's only one at Sunoco. Right. People, yeah, a lot of these people that play these machines don't even have a car to get to the casino. So right, right. I, I went to a Krispy Kreme that had dog racing in the back. Which right. I thought, <laughs> that was just really <laughs> weird. Hi, Brian. Thanks for the heads up. We appreciate it, man. Uh, All right, see you guys. Right, see you, buddy. All, All right. right, let's do sports this morning. <laughs> The Phillies beat the Cincinnati Reds, yeah. winning 4-1 last night at the ballpark. They did it! Noah Syndergaard pitched seven strong innings to stay unbeaten with the Phillies, and Nick Castellanos and Brian Scott hit back-to-back home runs to lead the offense. Alec Bohm added three hits, and the Phillies moved ahead of the San Diego Padres for second place in the National League wildcard race. Syndergaard allowed one run on three hits with one strikeout and two walks. He is 3-0 in four starts with the Phillies since being acquired from the LA Angels earlier this month. The series continues. Ranger Suarez will get the start. The first pitch is scheduled for 7.05. Outfielder Bryce Harper, who is recovering from a fractured left thumb, is scheduled to begin a minor league rehab assignment tonight and will play with AAA Lehigh Valley through the weekend. Harper is expected to take Sunday off and could possibly return to the Phil's lineup as early as Monday when the team begins a series in Arizona. Last week, Harper took batting practice and it was the first time he had swung a bat since his thumb was fractured by a pitch on June 25th. The seven-time All-Star and two-time MVP is batting 318 with 15 home runs and 48 RBIs this season. And finally, the Union, who routed D.C. United over the weekend, winning 6-0, are back home this weekend to host the Colorado Rapids on Saturday night. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thanks a bunch, Kathy. So we're back with the Word of the Week prize. We have a new one, and it's a $500 prize we're going to give away. It's a a Visa card from Marvel Studios' She-Hulk Attorney at Law. First letter comes up at the end of the program, so let's get you on board for that. Also on our program today, uh, actor Paul Reiser. I love Paul Reiser. He's the best, man. He was so good in uh, Stranger Things and continues in, in Stranger Things. Uh, but he is actually performing at the um, Eichelberger Performance Arts Center in Hanover, PA. As right? well as the Keswick Theater and that in is, Glenside. Yeah, that's going to be on the... Ten, well, the the one I just said because it's lengthy is on the tenth of November, and then the Keswick Theater, the Ebert, we call it. 
of uh, November as well. So he's going to be in our area. So we'll talk to Paul around 9 and see what's going on with him. You know, and he also made an appearance, Preston, as a character. He joined the boys this season. Oh, excellent. And so he's... Uh, talk about pop culture, right? He's yeah. doing both Stranger Things and the boys. Yeah. And then we have Tattoos Day, so we have a chance to win a Preston Steve show-themed tattoo from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. So get on that. Text the word tattoo to 39333. Don't forget, they are at 1729 South Street, so we'll get a winner a little bit later on this morning. I honestly thought we were totally done in our careers Talking about Gary Busey until he died. <laughs> right. But I have a whole packet of information uh, to pass along when we return. I mean, the story broke over the weekend, but there's some more details. Some crazy stuff. So we'll get to that and a few other things and a stupid question. The entertainment report is up around the corner. And uh, Casey, I actually have a, a question that uh, you're uh, uh, a skill you're very well versed in. Ah. Bowling. Oh. And I have a really interesting question. Okay. I'm curious if you will know the answer to. Mm. So we'll come back with that in a moment. Stay with us. We'll return shortly. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I'm not sure how it is everywhere in our listening area right now, but in Bala Kenwood, where we are, it's the Amazon. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. We're in a rainforest. Yeah. I mean, it is. it just looks disgusting out right now. It's, uh, yeah. It looks it's foggy and... Hazy and there's... <laughs> There's, uh, there's, you know, dew all up and down the, the, the windows on the outside of the building. And, um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be steamy today. When it's like this and you, so you, you, you pour water into your water bottle or a glass or whatever, and it, then it just gets all sweaty. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It's soaked on the outside. And yeah. rings on your furniture. Okay. What a first world problem. <laughs> all right. Well, anyhow, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to get up to like 87, 88 degrees, but obviously it's going to be pretty damn humid today. All right. But anyhow. That aside, we have something to give away. Stupid question, $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. Now, I told Casey I have a bowling question. I'm okay. curious if he knows the answer to this. Uh, he's, he's a good bowler. What is the highest possible bowling score with no strikes? 215-263-WMMR. Now, it's not all open frames. You, no, you can, I know. You can't have spares. spares. Uh, so, let's see if you know the answer to that. 215 Two one five two six three WMMR. Somebody's gonna have to do some math while they uh, work this out. Yeah, I don't know this offhand. I can figure it out, but I just don't know it. It's not common. Not knowledge. Right. Right. Yeah, sorry. No, I mean I could do it, but uh, I when's mean, the last time you actually kept score while oh my bowling? I never, never, no. It's uh, always been automatic scoring. By since the you t- yeah, by wow. the time I got to no, because my dad would always keep score. Yeah, uh, but by the time I got to the age where I went bowling like by myself with my friends, it was automatic. Yeah. 
Market a zero. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll go through some birthdays today. Tuesday, August 23rd. Barbara Eden oh. has her birthday today. She is celebrating her 91st birthday. <laughs> Jeannie still, from I Dream of Jeannie, of still course. Still looks good. She does still yeah, look good. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is now, when I think of I Dream of Jeannie, and Casey will probably play the music any moment I, now, I don't have it. What? Excuse I don't have, me? I, I do not have right. I Dream of Everybody. Jeannie. So now, when I hear that music, I think of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Same. <laughs> when he does a little dance, yeah, yeah. just randomly, was out of it, nowhere. Was he playing the oboe in that uh, scene, or he's, pl- he's practicing something? Well, he, he plays a, a clarinet. Is that what it is? Okay. But um, it's not in that scene. It's just him dancing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's I love it. So think uh, about. By the way, that series always cracked me up because you had Barbara Eden as a genie who wanted nothing more yes. than to provide you with pleasure. Yes, but Tony Larry Hagman wanted to. You know, the, uh, I want to be able to have a life where I can go yeah. and date other women and and do this thing and like. What? What are you missing out? Oh. I know. I know. She She's one of the sexiest women yes. ever on television. Uh, she's 91 today. Shelley Long has her birthday today of Cheers. And let us not forget the Brady Bunch movies. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh hi, Mike. That's her. Hi, no, that's, that's actually. Her. Or is that Mrs. Brady? Uh, no, that's actual Mrs. Brady. Oh, is oh, it? Is yeah, okay. Shelley Long. Mike. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. Hi, Mike. Uh, she was dead on as Florence Henderson. Yep. She turns, wow, 73 years old Hi, today. Mike. So happy birthday to her. Uh, we also have Rick Springfield. Oh, wow. Uh, just in town. T- turning a year older. Was he just in town? Yeah, uh, Jackie Bam Bam hosted him and uh, John Waite. And there was another artist, and I can't remember who, but uh, okay. Jackie sent me a really nice video of uh, of John Waite, and Rick Springfield was a part of that um, that show as well. Who? Uh, now, Jackie sent me the video, too, yeah. of of uh, of John Waite wishing someone a happy birthday. He sent yeah. that to you? Yeah. 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 He sent it to yeah. me as well. Okay. Who yeah. was it? It's, Who was he wishing a happy birthday? That's my girlfriend's mother. I don't know why he sent that to you. <laughs> like, I didn't know the name. Hazel. He says the name, and I'm like... Yeah, her name's Hazel. Is okay. John Waite happy birthday to Hazel? I reached out to... Well, yes. <laughs> I reached out to Jackie last week. She's a huge John Waite fan. Okay. And I said, oh, I know you're hosting this I got show. It too. Well, okay. So for you guys, yeah. zero context. Why does he say zero? This? I'm like, I don't know who Hazel is, but I hope Hazel's okay. That's what I was saying. I was like, Hazel's probably sick. Oh my god. Well, yeah, she's doing just fine. Okay, and, uh, good. It's oh, her birthday, god. and she loves John Waite. And uh, happy birthday, Rick Springfield. All right, happy so. birthday, Hazel. What? Happy birthday, happy Hazel. Birthday, Hazel. Oh. And Rick Springfield. Today is Rick Springfield's yeah. birthday. So. Oh, my God. Happy birthday to you. What? Just everything yeah, that Jackie does that. ever. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jay Moore has a birthday today. The uh, comedian and actor. I saw Billboard. He's going to be at Live Casino in Philadelphia. Yeah, I saw that. Stand-up show. He was one of the first, if not the first person I saw doing a Christopher Walken impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he does one of the best. I walked past, or drove past a restaurant over the weekend, Steve, It just there was a picture of Christopher Walken yeah. on a sandwich board. It said, <laughs> Walken's welcome. I was oh, like, that's great. I that's love that. good. Yeah. Uh, Jay Moore's 52 today. Uh, we also have Dean DeLeo of ah. Stone Temple Pilots celebrating his 61st birthday today. Ooh. DeLeo's delightful. He's a Jersey <laughs> fella. I gave him a gift when uh, last time they played the MM barbecue because we we had him on uh, and for some reason a oh I remember we didn't know which uh, 
DeLeo brother was going to be joining us from Stone Temple Pilots, and it was a remote. Uh, it was a. Uh, we had a, a, a line set up. Yeah. We, we weren't going to be in person. So we said, who's it going to be? And I was like, I think it's going to be Dean or I think it's going to be Robert. We don't know. And then we turned up the mic and he goes, it's Charles Nelson Riley." <laughs> and so yes. we had a lengthy yes. conversation right. about Charles Nelson Riley, and Dean thought it was the funniest thing ever. So <laughs> when they came to the Camp Out for Hunger... I bought him a T-shirt <laughs> with Charles Nelson Riley on the front of it, uh-huh. and he loved it. So, a happy birthday to Dean DeLeo and Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> Rest in peace. He is 61 today. Two more quick birthdays. Scott Kahn, the actor, son of James Kahn, who unfortunately just passed. And here's the I Dream of Genie theme song. I don't have music for him, so. Uh, the, Ocean's, the Ocean's movies. Yeah. Uh, he was also Hawaii Five-0 for yep. a while. And he had been rumored to be in serious consideration for Wolverine. Ah, well, he turns 46 years old today. Happy birthday, Scott Kahn. Wishes he was in I Dream of Genie. <laughs> Everyone then, does. Then the last birthday yeah. uh, is Ray Park, the stuntman slash actor, played Darth Maul in uh, Star Wars Phantom Menace, and he also played Toad yeah. in uh, the X-Men film. Uh, and I'm not sure if he's still working much. Yeah, he's done a fair... He, he does certainly the convention circuit a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I think he voiced his own character in a couple of the video game versions. Okay. Uh, I think he, I thought it was an intriguing character and kind of got the, the bums rush. I agree. Uh, he's 48 years old today. All right, we'll see if somebody knows the answer to the stupid question. What is the highest score in bowling you can get without any strikes? 215-263-WMMR. We're going to go to Mark, our first caller. And hey, Mark, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Wonderful, buddy. All right, what what's that highest score with no strikes, please? 190. He's correct. Oh. One moment, Mark. Got yourself a $50 gift card from Bonefish Grill. And if you're in the mood for seafood, Bonefish Grill has you covered with new summer specials like the shrimp rangoon dip and pineapple glazed shrimp paired perfectly with zesty key lime cake Mm. for dessert. You can visit bonefishgrill.com. We got a lot to get to. Kathy was like, you're going to do the Gary Busey thing. I said, yes, I need to do the Gary Busey thing (laughs) Uh, because she could have brought it up in news. But... You saw the story, I'm sure, over the weekend uh, that uh, Gary is facing some charges. It was a um, sex crime harassment related to an incident at Monster Mania, the convention in Cherry Hill. The police released a statement on Saturday indicating that they responded to the report of sexual offense at the Doubletree Hotel in Cherry Hill where the convention was being held. Uh, following an investigation, police charged a 78-year-old star with two counts of criminal sexual contact, one of attempted criminal sexual conduct, and one count of harassment, disorderly person's offense. Now, somebody else has come forward, too. There's been three people. Uh, criminal sexual contact ch- contact charges carry with them a prison sentence of up to 18 months and a fine of $10,000. Harassment charge carries a potential $500 fine, 30 days in jail. In a statement released to the lawyer, Monster Mania Convention LLC said that it was aware of an incident between an attendee and a celebrity guest and was cooperating with the investigating authorities. They said upon... Receiving complaint from the attendee, the celebrity guest was removed from the convention and instructed not to return. Monster Mania also encouraged the attendees to contact the police to file a report. So the charges were not the first legal troubles for the actor. In 2011, he was sued over an accusation that he drunkenly tackled a woman (laughs) at an airport while trying to cut in line. He later filed for bankruptcy. Now... A woman in uh, Newcastle County, Delaware, said, and she had uh, spoken to Action News and said that he came, this is what he said, he came up to my left side and started tickling me all over my left side and my bra area. 
and I just started to squirm and get uncomfortable. She posted photos of her experience on Twitter to support the victims and their allegations against the actor. Uh, so this was after that first right, the, the, right. This first broke, and then this gal came forward. So he was off and running. She said, I just felt like I needed to say something to back up the fact that it is not new, but now people are reporting it. According to a criminal complaint, two victims had told detectives that Busey had grabbed their butt while they were posing for pictures. So he was he was getting handsy. Yeah. A third victim claims Busey put his face near her breasts and asked where she got them. And then reportedly tried to unlatch her bra strap. When she farts. As well. It's going to smell like southern fried chicken. So Gary has now denied the allegations. He spoke to TMZ on Monday and said nothing happened with his accusers. And he doesn't have any regrets over the way he acted at the convention. Asked if the allegations are true. He said it was all false. I don't care because there are no accusations. Okay. <laughs> yes, there are. Uh, he insisted his interaction. Yes, no, they're not. With the two girls took less than 10 seconds. He claimed that they then left. He said they made, then they made their story. Uh, he also alleged his partner and the camera woman were witnesses uh, before adding again that nothing happened. Now, on top of all that, a day after he was charged with this, Gary was photographed pulling his pants down in public. <laughs> the 78-year-old actor was at a public park in Malibu, California on Saturday, sitting on a bench with his black sweatpants down to his knees. It's the most depressing. What? Look at this picture. This what the old hell? Gary Busey, obviously some sort of injury on his uh, right arm, his wrist, sitting there with his pants pulled down. Sitting on a bar, uh, bench in the park he by was, himself. He was also seen looking around and smiling. How are you? Uh, it's a good day, I, isn't it? No, that's just his face. Like, he can't <laughs> not your, smile. Right, right, right. Yeah. Everything's locked in position. Uh, apparently, this isn't the first time that he's... Can pulled, I snap your bra? ...that he's pulled his pants down in public. Uh, Busey had fought with several housemates on the UK version of Celebrity Big Brother in 2014... For doing the same thing. So it's his little trick. He likes to pull his pants down. Look at that. This is one of my penis. Look, Look at that. that. Yep. Perv. That's what I am. Wow. He always does those uh, those word, uh, uh-huh. you know, uh, bra, being repulsive always. Oh. <laughs> Perv. Perfecting energetic reactions vigorously. Is that what his? That, yeah. Is that one of his things? Penis. Processing ethically nuanced instruction oh, selflessly. <laughs> You know that's his thing. He does those little. Oh, mo- I remember that. That's just how that's how his 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 process for teaching himself to be a better person. Did he was and he... obviously the results are evidenced by him sitting on the park bench with his pants down. Yeah. Was it the surreal life that he was on, or something like he's, that? Where... He's done a couple of them. Yeah, because well, I don't watch Big Brother or anything like yeah. that. So I don't. I don't know if he did surreal life, but remember there was like something called. It was. I think it might have been like the Gary Busey Project. Yes. or something like that. There was a guy with him, a comedian. In fact, following I, him around. Yep. I think, Preston, that was the comedian. Yeah, we had him in the uh, in the studio and asked yeah, him about it. I remember and that. And he said it was every bit what you would expect it to be, completely yeah. trippy. Yeah. All right, well, let's see where these charges go, man, because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very interested so, to see what they're going to do with that. This kind of feels like a uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. thing, like in the bar when he was groping on that woman. I mean, it seems to be at that level. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and here he is. You know, I'm sure what his old man weird brain yeah. is thinking is, you know, these young ladies are, are posing with him for pictures, and they're just there. Oh, scratching fun. He fun with these My guys. pants were up. Right. So, uh, but you you can't do that, Mr. Busey. When did that happen? You cannot. Yeah. <laughs> this used to be a thing. Stick your hand up under their blouse and play with their bras. Yeah. This used to be fun. Yep, yep, yep. 
All right. Also, while we were away, no, you got to uh, get permission. What we had yesterday off uh, recap from the weekend. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez celebrated the wedding uh, ceremony in Georgia on Saturday in front of friends and family. Just over a month after saying "I do" in Las Vegas. Some of the stars in attendance included, of course, Matt Damon and his wife, Luciana. Director Kevin Smith and his wife, Jennifer, were I there. I think that's awesome because they had had a... Remember for a while, they'd had a little bit of a parting of the ways. Yeah. And that was... Uh, that was mended, and they're back because they they, they they are friends, and they've worked together a number of times. It was cool to see that Kevin Smith was there. Also from that realm, Jason Mewes yeah. and his wife, uh, Jordan Monsanto, and top Hollywood talent agent Patrick Whitesell and his wife, model actress Pia Miller, were there. Lopez wore a white Ralph, Ralph Lauren gown with a long flowing train and veil and Affleck in a tuxedo with a white jacket and black pants. Uh, photographs show them walking down a white aisle, followed by their children. Uh, and, of course, uh, the life coach, Jay Shetty. I love you. Uh, officiated the ceremony. Guests were photographed wearing all white on the grounds. I guess they did the uh, uh, wedding on Blanc. Right, yeah. I don't on, like white tuxedos. On uh, Affleck's 87-acre compound outside of Savannah. Uh, preparations for the big celebration included a marquee on the estate with white chairs set up for guests surrounded by greenery and white flowers, an all-white piano, elegant tables set up on a riverfront dock, and a platform of for a fireworks display. And then everyone played paintball present. It was Afterwards, really cool. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's why they, they were, were the white. white yeah. so you can easily see uh, who you've tagged. See the body hits. Uh, it was interesting who was not there. His uh, brother, Casey Affleck, was not there. Yeah, he couldn't make it, but yeah. they did meet up the following day, yeah. and there are uh, pictures posted of them all together. Mark Anthony wasn't there, mm. right? I wouldn't expect him to be Sometimes there. Sometimes, they, but they have a good relationship. Yeah. yeah, you know who else wasn't there, Steve? Who? Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff Pass made. that prick. He denied. Mark Anthony's the father of her kids? Uh, one of them, or no, nine they're of twins. Them. Oh, I don't know. I, Just one of the twins. Uh, we don't know. Yeah, who the twin, yeah. <laughs> they split it. You take the first twin. I'll take the second. <laughs> He's father only to one of them. Yeah, twins. I don't know which one, but yeah, that, it, it, that, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. But that has happened periodically. Where there's been a split, where yeah, you, yeah, you have that um, two separate parents to twin, two separate fathers. Yeah, story, to twins? I do a little checking on it. I might be re- remembering it wrong. Wow. I remember it was an anomalous thing. I'm like, how does that even happen? Yeah, two eggs dropped, right? Um, and one got impregnated by one, I, something like that. I know that Hasselhoff had something to do with it, though. Okay. Right. Mark Anthony is their father. Okay. okay, he is the father. All right. Uh, how about this story? It looks like there's uh, trouble in paradise for Sylvester Stallone yes. and Jennifer Flavin. Flavin! His wife of 25 years. I believe. The Rocky star had just... Oh, sorry, Rocky star. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could say the Rambo star. Okay, if you yeah, want to do that, that's fine. Flavin, Flavin, The Rambo star... <laughs> Has was also in Rocky. Has just had a giant tattoo of Jennifer on his right bicep covered up with a picture of Butkus. Yo, Butkus! The bull no. mastiff from uh, his hit movies. That, to me, is a bad sign. Yes, and Flavin, who is 22 years younger than the 76-year-old husband, has also hinted that it might be over in an Instagram picture of her hugging their three daughters. She wrote... On the post, August 10th, she wrote, These girls are my priority. Nothing else matters. The four of us forever. Uh, Jennifer you is... turn your face into a dog. She is also no longer following Stallone on Instagram. Oh, oh no. A bitch became a bitch. Uh, but Stallone's publicist insisted there are no problems between the uh-huh. pair. 
and it's all a misunderstanding over a botched refresh of his wife's portrait on his arm. No, I don't think so. I and, don't believe it at and all. No, in fact, because the 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 uh, cover over does not look quite right. Uh, in fact, one of Flavin's eyes is under Buckus's eyes, and it looks like the dog has two eyes on one side of its face. So she said, uh, Mr. Sloan intended to refresh the tattoo image of his wife, Jennifer. However, the results were unsatisfactory and unfortunately unfixable. Uh, Mr. Stallone loves his family. The Stallones are pres- presently filming a reality show together, which will debut on Paramount+. Plus. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, he also has a new series where he's playing a mobster who gets out of uh, jail. Yes. And it's from Samaritan? The, from the people who did Yellowstone. Okay. Oh, well, no, that's a movie. That, so okay. that Samaritan, Preston, is Stallone's first superhero movie. Oh. Okay. He plays basically take Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. And later on in life, and that's what okay. the story was. Okay, that uh, ain't you. That's uh, he was pointing at the tattoo. Dude, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> that ain't you. That's a dog. <laughs> Is that you? Is that my ex-wife? I love her. I wouldn't do that. I just like buckets. By the way, the daughters are all gorgeous. Of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at the mother. Yeah, she's a mom. She looks like one of my daughters. Uh, Sloan, she looks like this dog on my arm. Uh, Sloan, by the way, was showing off the tattoo. Look at this! <laughs> Will you? <laughs> Flavin! Get in here, Flavin. Flavin! 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 Sloan was showing... Exactly! Where'd you come from? He's two geniuses. Yeah. He's behind the curtain the whole time. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our first TED talk. Oh my God! Bill, Bill Cosby and Sylvester Stallone together in a TED talk. It's like attending a concert by the uh, the. Uh, you got to invite the Tasmanian devil in. Oh my God! Oh my God! Labadooba Devin. Labadooba exactly. Stallone was showing off the tattoo of his wife as recently as August 7th with a photo on his Instagram page, but just nine days later on August 16th, tattoo artist Zach Perez posted himself working on Stallone's upper arm. And his pictures show that the, the ink of her... Has gone, and in its place is a picture of the dog. Uh, I, I not a uh, under this, and 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 uh, as a and measure, hey, as is when bought. I was, um, is it still going on? Where he's no, he does the thing out. Ding, ding, does it? Ding, I never. And he said, all I did was get out of the shower. <laughs> I don't remember what that was, but I like it. Oh, he was telling some sort of joke, yeah. and we took every single actual word right, out yeah, of the yeah. joke. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> where was I? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're getting broken up? They're getting broken up. You're talking about the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Will you? All right. Okay. All right. Uh, anyhow, he tattooed over it. We'll see if they're still together or not. Uh, the family of late actor Bill Paxton has agreed to settle a wrongful death lawsuit against Los Angeles Hospital and the surgeon who performed his heart surgery shortly before he died in 2017. 
Uh, the suit filed against Cedar Sinai Medical Center more than four years ago has been scheduled to, had been scheduled to go to trial next month. But attorneys for Paxton's wife at 30 years, Louise, and their two children, James and Lydia, filed a notice in Los Angeles Superior Court that they had agreed to settle the case. So think about how long this has been in... Yeah. I, I didn't realize that they had filed a wrongful death suit, but... Um, yeah, it did seem weird that he he all of a sudden died. Go and he was, you know, he was in the hospital. He was, he was being tended to. So the terms are confidential, but the cause was a stroke that came eleven days after surgery to replace a heart valve and repair aorta damage. Uh, the lawsuit filed a year later alleged that the surgeon, Doctor Ali Koyanzad, had a high risk had used a high risk and unconventional surgical approach that was unnecessary. And that he lacked the experience to perform it, and he downplayed the procedure's risks as well. Wow. The defendant said in court documents that Paxton and his family knew and understood the risks involved in the procedure and voluntarily went on with the surgery. Uh, the defendant said there was no negligence that led to the death. So it was a four-year battle uh, marked by frequent attempts by Paxton's family to extract more discovery evidence from the hospital and frequent court hearings over the issue. But they have settled out of court. I'm sure there's a fair amount of money sure. yep. involved. Uh, in February of last year, our buddy Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds completed their reported $2.5 million purchase of Wrexham AFC, the soccer team, or football team, however you'd like to refer to that. It will all be featured in a new FX documentary series called Welcome to Wrexham, and it premieres 10 p.m. Wednesday on FX and then streams the next day on Hulu. And I've been seeing the teasers for this now. Uh, it looks really good. McElhenney says in the series' first episode, I'm from Philadelphia, and I've always been a sports fanatic. I couldn't play anything, but I always loved watching it. My whole family loved the Eagles. And it was just something that was a part of my life from the time I can remember. The team becomes an extension of the city. Even as a kid, I just remember that gave me something to identify with. Uh, he said, Philly folks are people who work really hard for everything that they have. And Wrexham and Philly, he say, later says, aren't so different even if they're an ocean apart. I chatted with him on uh, Sunday. I believe he's going to come on our show on Thursday to talk about Excellent. this. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, he said, it's a working class town. It's a blue collar town. It's a town that has had ups and downs and they haven't had all the opportunities that a lot of other people have had. And I feel like I know those people, and I grew up with those people. I am one of those people. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. You know how they met, uh, Rob and uh, Ryan Reynolds? Mm -mm. Ryan slid into Rob's DMs. He, <laughs> he, he was an admirer of Rob on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and uh, Rob did that dance scene where he trained to be uh, you know, a ballet yeah. dancer yeah, yeah, yeah. a few years ago, a few seasons ago on, on Sunny. And uh, Ryan Reynolds thought that it was just really impressive, so he DM'd Rob, kind of blind. They never met before they even, um, they never met in person before they bought this team together. That's and interesting, they, man. They started doing the documentary, mm -hmm. and that's when they ended up actually meeting in person. Wow, that's cool. Good for him. And uh, so I, I hope we do get a chance to talk to him this yeah. week. It'll be awesome. <laughs> and then one last thing uh, before we do the clips. Uh, the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, gained the largest audience mm. ever for a new original series on HBO. Did you watch it? I did not. Okay. So I will check it out over the course of this week for sure. I saw a funny video of this. Uh, somebody had their camera um, trained on this apartment building. And you could see the amount of uh, people in their apartments watching Game of Thrones at the same time because all the lights were flashing, like the, the, oh, the yeah, ambient they, they light from the TV. Up, yeah. yeah, they yeah, were all synced up. Nice. Uh, I think it, um, the streaming crashed for it, correct? 
Ooh, I don't know. I didn't yeah, see yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Deadline report said 9.986 million U.S. viewers, so about 10 million viewers watched the series on Sunday. So it is out, it is there, and you can have at it. All right, uh, we're ready to roll the clips. Being a millennial working with baby boomers can create an unconventional atmosphere on set, but Selena Gomez has different experience here. Selena explains why working on the set of Only Murders in the Building is where she is happiest. Someone my age deals with the sort of pressures that, you know, social media can inflict. And being on set, it's a wonderful place where we have intellectual conversation and it's actually about true Things that matter, not things that have to do with appearances. This is real life. That's how I feel when I'm on set. That's why it's made me the happiest. Yeah! Uh, the season two finale of Only Murders in the Building premieres tonight on Hulu. I liked season two even more than season one. Really enjoyed it. All right, here's the next clip. Selling the OC follows Sunset boss Jason Oppenheim as he as he establishes her real estate office. What? Uh, in in Orange County, on Orange County. <laughs> Who? Okay, never mind. In this clip, Oppenheim <laughs> describes how he is getting acclimated to filming in a new destination. Oh, here, that's great. Here we go. Someone my age my deals bad, with this. What is that? Who is that? That was Selena Gomez. What's going on? As Hold the on. Audience. From the beginning, please. Oh here we go. Kind of just getting, I think we've all kind of got to know each other as the audience is going to be getting to know us. Um, but I will say that I consider a lot of the people on, a lot of these agents at the OC office, some of my good friends already. And I have so much fun coming down and filming with them. I don't give a f- Selling the OC <laughs> premieres tomorrow night. On Netflix. Selling EOC. Jesus Christ. There you go. That is our entertainment report for you this morning. Hey, Paul Reiser's going to be on our show. I know. That's very cool. Excellent. Uh, So we'll talk to him. He's going to be in the area. He's coming to the Keswick Theater uh, and another venue. He's going to be at the Eichelberg Performing Arts Center in Hanover as well. So anyhow... We'll talk to Paul around 9 o'clock this morning, and uh, we'll get into some other things while we are hanging out with you on the drive-in to work on this Tuesday morning. So we'll take a break and come back in a second. Hang in there, my friend. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. New Word of the Week prize, in case you have not heard about that. We have $500 to give away. It's a Visa gift card from our friends at Marvel Studios, She-Hulk, attorney at law. Uh, so, letter at the end of the show, and it's a four-letter word this week, so we will give that away on Friday. Um, I think it's time for me to transform what into the stream of consciousness this morning. There's an actual glow. That falls over you when you transform into the stream of consciousness, as if you're tapping into some universal energy. Um, We have a listener who puts together these fantastic (laughs) photos of my various characters that I've... uh Assumed over the years, and I love the stream of consciousness, Nur. It's a it's a riff on Doctor Strange, right? Yes, where I've got like ten arms, and uh, it's so a multiverse. It's That's a what multiverse, you're tapping yeah. into exactly. All right, so all right, I saw this story this morning. Pennsylvania could be known as the home of not just the nation's greatest alligator, but America's favorite pet, if Wally Gator. 
can keep his popularity growing. Wally Gator. Wally Gator is described as an emotional support alligator. Oh! What? We, we had, had him, him in, in studio. Or it, it, did we have That's him in the studio? That's yeah. right. Shut up! When was this? <laughs> How long ago? Uh, was I remember pre- having a gator here, but it's been a long time. Yeah. Was it pre-pandemic or was it in... It had to be. It had to be. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, March Meet 2019. Wally. There we there go. It is. Oh, my God. Well, Wally Gator is in the running for wow. the nation's favorite pet. Oh. And right now, he's in second place. Oh, what? Um, so, social media is filled with images and videos of Wally swimming with children in pools, resting his head on the laps of strangers, going for walks on a leash through parks, and hugging senior citizens with uh. all four of his legs. Yeah, I remember when we had him. He was actually kind of adorable. Uh, Joey Henney is his owner and said uh, he senses people's emotions and gives hugs uh, to try and cheer people up. He, he hugs you, by the way, by placing his jaws around your throat. Aww. Aww. Uh, Henny, by the way, is battling cancer and says that Wally has provided crucial and tender support. And uh, Henny said he has come with me to radiation and has uh, brought cheer to other patients and the doctors and nurses. How uh, does it say how what size he is now? Because I, he was smaller. Yeah, yeah. He no. certainly wasn't a ten foot alligator. Yeah, in this article, it doesn't say how big alligator yeah. is. Do they tend to not grow? Uh, past their uh, uh, environment, I've yeah. heard that, and I've heard also that that is a uh, an urban legend, so to speak. That they will uh, they'll grow the way they're going to grow, regardless of the container that they're kept in, not not, not like a veal. So the Dauphin County based pet is currently in second place in the composite, uh, competition. Where is Dauphin County? Uh, by uh, Harrisburg. Okay. Uh, so open it's voting next to Taintville. Uh, <laughs> Which opened, uh, they opened a voting early on Monday. The winning pet will earn 10 grand. Wow. And also be featured in In Touch magazine. Uh, Wally's caretakers say instead of snacking on people who pet him, he loves, uh, that who he loves, he goes for raw chicken and cheese puff corn. <laughs> uh, so he lives in a house with his family and sometimes finds himself in trouble. Uh, and he said, uh, at night he likes to climb into my bed and steal my covers and pillow. <laughs> so the first round of voting closes on September first. Okay, and I'm not sure where you can vote. Wait a second here. It says uh, there's currently. Did a they go- ever find his wife? By the way, no. <laughs> uh, it says uh, there's currently a GoFundMe uh, collecting money for uh, Joey Henney's care, and we're going to link to that on PrestonSteve.com and voting as well. If you want to vote for Wally awesome. Gator uh, for America's favorite pet. You know, uh, never attach much emotion to these things. But I remember when he came in that day, um, you sent something there. It certainly lo- it, it acted, you know, affectionate. Here, here's a picture, Preston, of you hugging it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. All right, there's another, there's a story, Marissa, on my desk, if you wouldn't mind, uh, the file cabinet to, or the file Stack thing to the left, bottom shelf. Grab those uh, those papers. It says for Project me. Omega on the top. That's the one. <laughs> yes, you'll, you'll, it, it it hums slightly and it's warm. Uh, but bring it here because I've I've a few different animal stories. And this are one, you the zoologist? I, now? No, because I don't have enough to do the whole segment. Are you the animal husbandry? Uh, maybe I am. Um, hang on a second here. Yeah, there's one that I need that I think you guys will really dig. Yeah. All right. So stream of consciousness, nerd. No, I'm still stream of consciousness. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It pertains to anything. 
A new study published by Current Biology finds that dogs' eyes well up with tears when they're reunited with their owners after long periods of separation, potentially <laughs> linking their tears to emotions for the first time. Wow. So tears I love of, that. Tears of joy, essentially, yes. that dogs are able to, to create. It's, I love that idea. You know, I, I, I just, I would think that anyway, just because we love to think that is what our pets are thinking when they see us or mm-hmm. whatever, that they're happy to see us and they well up in tears. That's amazing. So the study's author. So what does it mean when they get boners? Uh, <laughs> what's this what do you think? What's, what's the red rocket yeah, all What's about? that lipstick there? Yeah. <laughs> What's that mean? Dude, that is, when you see that, hilarious. It's funny, right? It is funny. Always not, I mean, always funny. Yeah. Yeah. Always inappropriate. It's never not funny. And always funny. You ever see a cat's uh, lipstick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, I didn't know that they had those. Yeah? They are more barbed. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen that in the flesh. I'll tell you what. So our dog Chelsea, you know, we we, uh, had to put her down, you know, recently because she was, uh, had gotten very sick. But we were recounting a number of stories, Preston, where our uh, neighbor's dog, um, and she had uh, gotten bound up the way they do. So the male dog had his way, came in from behind for the kill. (laughs) And then there is an engorging process that takes place that locks them. They're basically inseparable at that point. That's the way nature has it. So you have to wait. (laughs) <laughs> for things to deflate before you can separate them. Wow. And that's, you know, that's the deal. Uh, but, uh, and, and cats are the same way, so. Yeah, that's happened with me and Rochelle a couple times. <laughs> yeah. so, was, uh, thank God nobody was around. The barbs on your piece. The kids weren't home. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Uh, kids, get a wrench. Uh, but also, besides seeing the, the, the rocket, a, a dog <laughs> humping something. It's hilarious. Oh, my Just God. absolutely. Okay. Will slay me every time. Well, we had, and I've told this story before. My neighbors say it. This was several years ago. They had a Super Bowl party. We went over there. I spent the majority of the time watching their dog Charlie hump a pillow. Yeah. It was. I could not stop laughing. He was the horniest dog I've ever seen. Uh, they're so funny. Scott, the owner of Zippy, they had a, a puppy that would. I think his puppy's name was Gidget, but same thing. Just hump the pillow. Just hump anything. You're just like hanging there, and then you look over. You're like, oh, he's a. You know, and it wasn't a pillow. It was a stuffed animal. Okay. But I do have a question for you. What is funnier to you, dog humping <laughs> pillows, or? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They okay. pulled up a video of a dog humping something. Oh my Thank god. You very much. Or right. the dog rubbing its ass on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> that is They're a both good great. one. They're both great. That's a good one too. That one oh. grosses me out a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. You know the, the ass dragging. Yeah, the ass drag. Yeah. I, I, I think the dog humping is almost well, always funny. Does it gross you out because sometimes it's on carpet? Yeah. Because poop what, what about out in the on the grass? That's funny. That okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what I thought. There's no mess being made. Right. Uh-huh. So I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not that. It's Toby. Know, Toby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Toby! Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I, they're, they're both hilarious. I can't help it. Yeah, that's a good question, Casey. Maybe, maybe the hump thing, because sometimes you, you, if you look at the dog's expression on their face, uh-huh. they're just kind of staring off into, uh, <laughs> they're staring off into, into some kind of a, a blank area. When they're dra- when they're dragging their ass, sometimes they'll look at you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know what's funny though? But so uh, we had <laughs> Chelsea, a female dog, but she would hump things. Yeah. As if she was equipped to hump things. Yeah. 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 Some female dogs yeah. Would do that. Yeah. It's I'm really like, weird. what? Are you, you, you showed up without a bat. And my dogs hump each other. 
uh, which is weird because one is fixed and the other's not. Okay. Huh. And they're it's both boys. A, it's a dominance thing, though, right? I think yes, so, yeah. that's absolutely what it is. So the study... that's when I rub my ass on the floor, it's the same thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> if Claire and I have gotten a fight, I'm sure you do it with Michelle too. Person, where you pull yourself with your arms, yeah. across the floor, yep, yep, <laughs> with my legs yeah, straight yeah, out. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you like you like that carpet? God, can a human being do that? I couldn't do that to pull yourself that way. I mean, yeah, I don't. I, you'd have to. I'm not really try it. Over. I'm not going to try to hurt myself. I would hurt myself. I probably could, but I, I, I know. Uh, the study's author, uh, Takafumi Kik, uh, Kikuzi, yeah, uh, said, We found that dogs shed tears associated with positive emotions, noting that the tears may be due to a release of oxytocin. Uh, Kikuzi said that um, he made the discovery after one of his poodles gave birth six years ago and tears began welling up in her eyes as she nursed. And he said they gave My the idea... time as a mother. Said they gave me the idea that oxytocin might increase tears. Oxytocin, which is known as the love hormone... Come over and see my nine babies. ...has previously been found in both dogs and their human owners during interactions. And the new findings suggest that the release of oxytocin solidifies the bond between humans and dogs. I believe that. Uh, Dogs have become a partner of humans, and we can form bonds. And in this process, it is possible that the dogs that show teary eyes during interaction with the owner would be cared for by the owner more. Well, you've seen the footage of somebody, say, a service man or a woman or somebody's been away. They return home and the dog just goes, just freaks out with joy. Yeah, or just anybody who's been separated from their pet. Yeah. The study comes after scientists found that dogs' heart rates increase by 46% when their owner says, I love you. While cuddling brings down their BPM by twenty three percent. What about when owners actively make love to their dogs? Is there what kind of what's really? They're there? still uh, yeah. executing a study on that right now, Steve. So uh, <laughs> the results are pending. Uh, the owners, the owners' heart rates, by the way, also increased by ten uh, percent when reunited with their dogs after a long period of time. They're very comforting. They really are. Uh, and researchers also determined that the phenomenon known as puppy dog eyes was likely achieved through thousands of years of selective breeding to give dogs more human-like faces. Puppy dog eyes, they're watching you. Yeah. So, uh, that's cool. I love yeah, that. that. That's very good. Well, actually, they, they, they tear up, and it is from a hormonal reaction. Do you um, do you cuddle with your oh, pups yeah. every night? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, not every night, but I mean, um, yeah, it, during the day. Uh, definitely got to spend some love and time with. Oh, uh, you like me? I have to actually schedule sex with my pets. Yes, I never, I never get around to it. Well, it's you. are yeah. busy people. I'm very and they're busy too. They're yeah. doing things. You got to fit that in. So, yeah. uh, I have another uh, stream of consciousness. Nor um, is it animal related. It or? is. Oh, wow, yeah. it is. Damn. Oh, National okay. Geographic. Listen to this. <laughs> Scientists have confirmed the world's first poisonous bird. Whoa, oh no. It makes them even worse. A poisonous bird. So what's... Like it's saliva? The hooded patooey. Patooey! Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. P-I-T-O-H-U-I. Patooey! Uh, was always thought to be poisonous by the people of Papua New Guinea. Yes. But it was not confirmed until ornithologist Jack Dumbacher had encountered uh, had an encounter with the bird. Is that a Papa Patui? 
Uh, that it's is not a, even a good-looking bird. Like, Papa Patui. Like, at least the frogs, like those those colorful frogs, they're poisonous. At least they're pretty. Like, what this, do you mean it's not I think there's actually a pretty bird. bird. Look at the orange. It's so ugly. It's a pretty bird, Kathy. Brown and black, and now it's poisonous? Kill that's it. That's not brown. That's, that's orange. orange. That's a brown. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's orange. a burnt orange. It's not really a pretty one. You're a pretty bird. Got a pretty arm. What are you? Are you, are are you kidding me? Hard I just woman. You have one hard, hard bitch. <laughs> Your autumn activities. The, you love that color orange when it's involved. By the way, hold with... on. I just want the listeners to know that I watch Preston's face, and he gets so mad at me <laughs> when I say things like this. He can't believe that I actually think this bird is ugly. So that's why I keep going. Just, I just so they know. <laughs> so, so, so how does it uh, transmit its poison? Is it simply what it has on its? Uh, as Kathy said, like on his beak or something, or is it, there's a, me- a method of inflicting or injecting this poison? It's a little more complicated. So it uh, mails it to you. Jack Dumbacher and his team Dumbacher! captured several of the birds. When one of them scratched his finger, uh. he placed the finger in his mouth and felt his lips and tongue go numb before they began to burn. Why would you place your finger in your mouth after a bird scratched it? I don't know how you might react to a cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, so Dumbacher tested the bird to see if it was the cause of his symptoms, and he got the same symptoms when he placed a feather from the bird in his mouth. Uh-huh. I don't know why you do what that. What about when he ate the bird's crap? The, by the way, speaking of eating the bird, yeah. the people of Papua New Guinea <clears throat> call it the garbage bird because of the way it smells when it's cooked. They eat these things? It is only eaten as a last resort. Oh, my God. They said. Stop eating stuff. Dumbacher discovered that the uh, patui uh, stores... Oh, that was good patui. Brat, uh, Bratacotoxin, I guess is how you say that, uh, Batracotoxin, Batracotoxin, uh, in its feathers, body, and organs. Uh, it is the same neurotoxin found in poison dart frogs. Oh, and the beetles that the patui eats. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a patui. John Lennon. That's right. We're patuis. Uh, researchers believe the beetles uh, cause the bird's poisonous nature. Very poisonous. Uh, because scientists do not believe that it produces the toxin itself. We are the patuis. So it's kind of a weird, in a weird way, uh, scientists don't, uh, it's getting the poison from elsewhere. Yeah. Oh. uh, And scientists do not know why the bird stores the poison. So uh, this to me seems similar to like the Komodo dragon, which does not have a, um, it, it will not. Uh, inject poison like like maybe like a Gila monster doesn't would. have a venom right so so but um, the bacteria in its mouth um, becomes like a poison so if it bites you it can besides the initial bite it can inflict extra damage because of that but this is an actual toxin I know it's so, pretty wild and, and it's weird that it, that somehow or another the bird stores it and I I, I don't know in case if it, it needs it if it uses it, you know, to, to for in in predatory sense or anything like that, or even if it's a the bird is a predator at all, I do not know. Sure. I know nothing about no patui here, folks. Come on, kill me now, patui. But it's pretty strange, isn't it? Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. A poisonous bird. All right. Um hang on a second. Where did you get more poisonous creatures? Well, I want to make sure I don't mix in your Nat Geo uh, uh, Section. I don't want to mix up my of uh, the uh, stream of consciousness. Echo stories here. Okay. Um, wait. Wait. I might have another animal. This might be all animal stuff. 
I used to love this series. I think I have another animal story in here. Yes. Tonight on National Geographic, the Patui. All right. How about this? Scientists have revealed they plan to bring back the Tasmanian tiger. Almost 100 years. That's the craziest tale I've ever seen. It's so crazy, right? You better believe it, Cosby. Cosby and Sly. Coming soon to a TED Talk near you. With special guest, the Tasmanian Tiger. This is a weird-looking creature. To me, when I look at it, um, pictures of it, it looks more like a jackal. Yeah. It's it's got a it's got a dog like yeah. look to it, even though they call it Tasmanian tiger. But it's it's weird in its pattern. It's, yes, uh, it has stripes, but it only, looks like Jennifer Flavin. Well, only from like it's uh, it's mid back, yeah, okay. down to its tail. I mean, oh, the wow. Tasmanian tiger that sounds like a like one of those creepy sex acts, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 right. Where the, across the we need jumper cables and Crisco. <laughs> yeah, no, the Tasmanian tiger. Are you going to do a Tasmanian tiger on me? It sounds like uh, you know the, the the Dizzy Gillespie or the, uh-huh. the, the Dirty Sanchez or the the, the Klondike. Do uh, poop stripes? On what the, would you do oh, for okay. a Dirty Sanchez? <laughs> well, anyhow, it's been extinct for about a hundred years. Oh, uh, the Tasmanian tiger, also known as the uh, thylacine roamed the earth for millions of years before being wiped out by human hunting in the 1930s. And now, Colossal Biosciences, a startup based in Dallas, has announced plans to start the de-extinction of the species using stem cell technology. De-extinction. What? It is a sex term. Are you serious? Oh, my God. Casey, you nailed it. I don't know how to say any of this, Preston, so okay. I'll let you... The Tasmanian tiger, please. Yeah. Illuminate us. <laughs> no, I can't do this. No, I don't think you can. Just look it up on your, on your own. Oh, right? my God. Let, okay. Let the, me see I, I I just, No, wait, wait, wait. Let me just tell you the last part. The last right. line is, drop a deuce on her pinky toe. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Steve, it's up on the big screen here. That's the last All part right. of it. It's, it's always like when you're banging a girl <laughs> in the dookie blaster. Oh, dude. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, so you can't. So you pinch her in the nipple. Yeah, don't, right. e- don't even try it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, drop a deuce on her pinky toe is like obviously the culmination of the act. Mm-hmm. The Tasmanian tiger. Wow. Stupid. And that uh, that was updated as recently as February 6, 2021. Hmm. Uh, in case so, there have been any innovations in the Tasmanian tiger. So uh, once ranging throughout Australia and New Guinea, the Tasmanian tiger disappeared from the mainland around 3,000 years ago. And it's been thought that it was due to competition with humans and dogs. Sir, for office work. Uh, the remaining population isolated on the island of Tasmania was hunted to extinction in the early uh, 20th century. Uh, can you send the Tasmanian tiger in here? The last... Oh, no, we had to go with a human on this one. Uh, the last known individual died at Hobart Zoo in 1936. Yeah, it was clubbed to death. Uh, Colossal Biosciences has teamed up with the University of Melbourne on an ambitious project to bring the extinct species uh, back. Simply to see if they can, or do they believe there's some other... Ancillary know. benefit to bringing yeah. back the Tasmanian tiger. Yeah, I'm not sure. It may be just to to see if it it can be done. So if they can, do, obviously, you know how we've said it many times before, but we're slowly edging towards Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah, uh, the scientists plan to take stem cells from the fat-tailed dunnart 
a living species with similar DNA and turn them into thylacine cells using gene editing technology. The fat-tailed dunart? Is it, is it a canine-like creature as well? That I didn't look into. Uh, Nick, it is spelled D-U-N-N-A-R-T if you want to look that up. Uh, once an oh, embryo... Like rodent. It's the fat-tailed dunart! <laughs> okay. <laughs> look up fat-tailed. It's a marsupial. Narrow-footed oh. marsupial. Oh, okay. Uh, so once an embryo is created, it would then be transferred into either an artificial womb or into a Dunart surrogate to gestate. Wow. If Colossal is successful in bringing the Tasmanian tiger back from extinction, it hopes to introduce the animal back into its original ecosystem in Australia. Interesting. Sometimes, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're, you're you're playing with the nature, but yeah. what the hell? You wonder if you if you yeah. could. You, you never thought about whether if you oh my if, God, if you should. should. Yeah. Um, that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, maybe the there's final a final step is to leave a Dookie on her pinky. <laughs> oh my God! Um, as far as repulsive sex acts go, this is at the top of the list. <laughs> um, you defecate. On your partner's pinky toe. <laughs> All the while making sure not to hit the other toes. You know what I love seeing is, uh, and now I'm having, uh, I've, I've lost, what, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. I, I love seeing people impersonate Jeff Goldblum in front of Jeff yes, Goldblum. He loves there it. There are a yeah. few videos of people doing it, and some of them are spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because uh, and he, he gets all Jeff Goldblumy yeah. while they are. And it's great. It's great. I I, I just love seeing that. I He's told you my buddy's sister hilarious. dated Jeff Goldblum for a minute, and you'd mentioned. Remind yeah. me. Remind yeah. us the the story. No, of it's, I it's, mean, there's really nothing special. It's just that uh, they all lived together at the time, and so he would come home, and there would be messages from Jeff Goldblum on his answering machine, and I was like, that's kind of cool. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. I'd, be, I'd love to have a message. The show me. that he hosts on Disney Plus, I cannot recommend more highly. If you just want a half hour of like something to make you smile, watch uh, Jeff Goldblum solves the world or whatever the hell it's called. It's on Disney Plus, and he just goes around and he learns about blue jeans, and then he goes and he learns about the Tasmanian sex acts. You yeah. know, like, he, but it's it's Jeff Goldblum being quintessential Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Um, should I? You know, I'm you have out, another one. Well, no, I'm, yeah. out of anim, I'm out of animals. You're, well, you're, I'll bet if I dug into. My quote unquote junk drawer. Uh-oh. I can probably <laughs> find something right here. Did you remember you were the game warden at one time? <laughs> I did not know. Apparently, there's a picture of me as a game warden. Uh, now, that's going to get annoying. Hang, hey, stop it. <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, I bet you I can find an animal story if I... Well, uh, the stream of consciousness, sir, can do this. I yeah. know, but... You we, transcend every other subtopic. But we've uh, but we've gotten into... A groove? Yeah. A Tasmanian uh, tiger, so to speak? Yeah, hang on a second here. I, I may be... I may be... This may be futile, uh, but I'm going to look because... F-U-T-I-L-E? Yes. Futile. Futile. Not F-U, not F-E-U-D-A-L. Futile. Oh, futile. <laughs> yes. I'm the Lord. <laughs> You're my serfs. We are now futile. It's, my lady, remember it is most important <laughs> to culminate with the defecation on your pinky toe. God. Uh, Tasmanian tiger. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be. Would you perpetrate a Tasmanian tiger on you? <laughs> the world, according to Jeff Goldblum, is in oh. the show. He's looking that up. What? What do you got? Uh, okay. Oh, well, okay. Uh, All right. You know what? I think I already did this story about um, mm. sea turtle eggs. Did not. 
Nothing right. we heard. And there you oh, go. Here All we right. go. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Tonight on the National Geographic. Five. The stream of consciousness nerd tells us about sea turtle eggs. Becomes the warden, the game warden. <laughs> Wildlife experts in Florida keep uh, watch on sea turtle eggs. <clears throat> they have been, and they uh, they have have had an easy job of late cataloging the gender of hatchlings because they have all, all been female. Wow. Uh-oh. Only female sea turtles for the past four years, according to uh, Bet Zirkelbach. His <laughs> <laughs> name is Bet, Bet Zirkelbach. You know, they say always bet on Zirkelbach. <laughs> I think I think Bet is a woman. Oh. Uh, manager of the Turtle Hospital in Marathon. <laughs> <clears throat> kind of like Bette Midler, you know? Exactly. Bette Zirkelbach. Bet on Zirkelbach. The reason uh, isn't some genetic fluke. Instead, it involves the state's hotter temperatures. And I did not know this about sea turtles. While the gender of most animals' offspring is determined during fertilization, it is determined afterward for turtles. Specifically, all about the temperature of the sand in which they are buried. If it is 88.8 degrees Fahrenheit or higher, the hatchlings will be female. And if it is 81.8 degrees or lower, they will be boys. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that wild? Yes. This is a, this is a plot point in Jurassic Park with Jeff Goldblum because they, they, they breed they, all the dinosaurs as females. Right. And they right. And, 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 and they point out, right, uh-huh. that's how you stop it. Life finds a way. Dino DNA! And they didn't know, and they didn't know about the temperature thing. That's right. We didn't know Idiots. about the temperature thing. Yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> what the hell of a park? <laughs> Riding around this thing all day and didn't even see a damn dino. <laughs> By the way, where did the goat go? <laughs> you do plan to have dinosaurs in your <laughs> in dinosaur park. park, right? Yeah. Um, in the car. So, <laughs> this is the worst goddamn park ever. <laughs> I can't take it. Ain't no DNA. Uh, so, according to the to Zirkelbach, uh, Let's the Zirkelbach. The, Zirkelbach. We'll just we'll Zirkelbach to that. That's a looker, by the way. What? That Zirkelbach. Oh, she is. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's very attractive. Quite attractive. <laughs> So the frightening thing, she said, is the last four summers in Florida, we have had the most hot summers on record. And what's happening in Florida has been observed elsewhere. A 2018 study in Australia found that virtually all sea turtle hatchlings in part of the Great Barrier Reef were female as well. Interesting. So she's bringing Zirkle Bach. <laughs> I'm bringing yeah. Zirkle Bach. Yeah. Oh, Zirkle Bach. Yeah. Yeah. You can work at any one of You can do... So many options. Sexy back. I like. I'm bringing Zirkle back. <laughs> uh, uh, so, how, what does this mean in the long run for um, then? Will mating okay. by sheer numbers diminish? She said, over the years, you're going to see a sharp decline in their population because we just don't have the genetic. But a sharp increase in. Lesbian turtle clubs. Uh, but we don't have the genetic diversity. We don't have the male-to-female ratio needed in order to be able to have successful breeding sessions. Uh, however, a relatively small number of males is required to... You guys fer- like the indigo girls? Uh, oh. To fertilize... <laughs> <laughs> Lesbian turtles. <laughs> hey, who wants to go see the indigo girls? Got three tickets. 
I actually did a search on the Indigo Girls over the weekend. Bro. Yeah. I love well, the Indigo I, Girls. I was listening to uh, Closer to Fine, and I'm like, man, I wonder if those guys still tour. Great song. And they do. They tour all over the nice. place. They just play smaller venues. I'd love to get them on the... It'd be great. It'd be perfect. Well, let's tell them about the turtle yeah, club. Yeah, the turtle maybe thing. They'll wanna, maybe they'll want to jump on board. I'm bringing sexy back. I'm bringing Zuckle back. Her name is Zuckle Bach. You can't, you can't not love that. That is the new club mix. Okay, so uh, holy uh, crap! The Indigo Girls are in town this week. What? what? No, no. They're, they're at Bristol Township uh, Municipal Building on Thursday. What? Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Kev! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you can't do that yourself. I can't? I'm no. not allowed? No. Is that no. in the bylaws? I didn't... I have to... <laughs> it's in the bylaws. <laughs> it's in the... You contact um, the Indigo Girls. Yeah, so they're... Uh, Bristol oh, Bill won't like that at all. Municipal oh, building. Come on. Well, hang on. Let's don't like them. They, they wear play, flannel. We don't play the Indigo Girls. They wear work boots. <sighs> well, we do have an Indigo Girls ID, so technically... Do we? Have, yeah. Play it. Play it. Well, it's probably not a Preston Steve ID. I don't but, care. All right. Hi, I'm Amy. I'm Emily. We're the Indigo Girls. And you're listening to Pierre Robert on 93.3 WMMR. Um, that's our station. Yeah. There you go. Then we can have them on. <laughs> yeah, they're opening for Brandy Carlisle on her national tour, and then oh. they're doing some uh, select dates as well, including this Thursday in, in Bristol. Wait, who are they? Who is she opening? Who are Brandy, they? Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle. Yeah. Very popular. My wife was went not didn't really know Brandy Carlisle, but went to the concert. Yeah, she was at the band last ago weekend. Yeah, and loved it. it. Yeah, she's terrific. Okay. Um, let me see here. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to just play some. I went to Come on. Oh, what happened? I don't know. I drank from the fountains. There's more than one answer to these questions. Pointing me in a crooked line. All right, we got to get to the hook. Closer I am to five. Galileo is yeah. just a gorgeous song, too. I, Wonderful. I love them. <laughs> Where are they at the night before? Uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. And then uh, going back out with Brandy later in the morning. Right, it all depends on what time they get in town yeah. and could they Ooh. come by here. Well, they, well, it looks like they're off on Friday, so maybe we have them after their big gig. Maybe. So let's get them and the support alligator in here and we'll have a show. <laughs> Wally Gator. <laughs> Wally Gator. We had Wally Gator. <laughs> How would you guys like to meet an alligator? <laughs> Does uh, that? Um, let me bring it to the ladies. See what they say. <laughs> yeah, they're all in. All right. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, sea turtles. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A relatively small. Tonight on National Geographic, <laughs> all female sea turtles. It's happening right now. We now go live to an Indigo Girls concert. Uh, relatively small. Do I go out for some drinks after this? Small number of males is required to fertilize eggs, suggesting that the out of whack male to female ratio may not be as dire as some fear. But it is interesting, and I so, did not know that about uh, sea turtles. Uh, that it's determined by temperature, <clears throat> by temperature as they form in the egg. Have you ever seen the um, the uh, the process? Yeah. When we were in when they climb out uh, yeah. and go to the water, my grandmother years and years and years ago used to have a, a home uh, near Flagler Beach, Florida, and uh, they 
case yeah. where that would happen. It was very cool to see it. Watch a guy on there was some some reel on uh, yeah Instagram. He there was a, a sea turtle that was turned over on his back uh. and, it, and it couldn't get over. And I felt so bad for it. But the dude went over and he actually needed help. I didn't realize how dude heavy. Was. Stop in the middle of that. I, I know because <laughs> he, he had to flip it over. He okay. had to flip it over, but he had to like dig underneath. And then it was I mean, big, huh? these things are huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Hawaii, you cannot touch them. You touch them, you're in big trouble. You even go if, to jail. Even if they're about to You're die, not when... allowed to touch them, uh, and and they have very protected uh, when when they have uh, the areas where they lay their eggs are like staked out. And yeah, like, nobody can go anywhere near them, but you can stand close and sing Indigo Girls. Yeah. Songs. Another good song. And it makes them feel happy when you say. I love to see the turtles dance. Yeah. All right. Um, hang on. I got no more. That's it. We're done. Uh, stream of consciousness, or Friday, the Indigo Girls on Preston and Steve, or the uh, the game warden, whichever you want. It was all good. Me. They they meshed together nicely. I can't believe we. I, I didn't even plan that doing all animal <laughs> uh, portion of that. You can't right. help but do great content. We're gonna have to take a break because uh, we got some bizarre file stories. Uh, yes. So we'll come back with that. Don't forget, Paul Reiser is going to be joining us this morning, and you know him from Stranger Things and tons of stuff throughout the years. Uh, but he's going to be in town as well, so we'll get those details a little bit later. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. Football is back, and this Eagles season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2023 Eagles season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. By the way, it is Tattoo Day today. If you're interested in a $350 gift certificate from our friends at Floating World Tattoo and Piercing, which uh, they're located at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia, you can text the word Tattoo to 39333, and you can include us in that tattoo. That's what's required if you want to get a, you know, big tattoo of Butkus. Uh, you just have to include Preston and Steve in there. You so. should, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. for the hell of it. Yeah, get Butkus from um, yeah. you know, Stallone. <laughs> like Stallone got. So, uh, if you want to check out their samples, uh, go to floatingworldtattoos.com or Instagram. They are at floatingworldtattoos. But text the word tattoo to 39333 now. No. <laughs> Presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. Brought to you this morning by Red Robin. Choose any style Red Robin Tavern double burger with bottomless fries and drink for just $10. Dine in only at participating locations in Pennsylvania. Red Robin. Yum. Yum. All right. Police say a suspect is in the hospital after he was hit by a car and a semi-truck. Follow along this, okay? Yeah. Police say they were called to a fight Friday night. They say a man tried to take someone's truck, then jumped on his trailer. When officers arrived, they say the suspect proceeded to run out into the eastbound lanes of traffic and was hit by a car. Police say they tried to help him, but he got up and ran away, again, running through traffic and trying to make the other cars 
and stop and trying to take them. Officers say he jumped in front of a semi-truck. He was hit by that truck. He got up, and he ran away from officers again. Okay. Just not his day. He's just getting he's getting bounced off these cars like a video game. <clears throat> Police say he was taken into custody. He was later taken to the hospital and will then be taken to jail. Venice, Italy's mayor called out the two, quote, arrogant imbeciles who were filmed surfing along the city's iconic Grand Canal on Wednesday. Mayor Luigi Brugnaro tweeted a video of two men zooming along Venice's canals on electric surfboards and accused them of making a mockery of this city in the accompanying caption. You make a mockery of it. It's a wonderful city with your stupid surfboards. Uh, Brugnaro. Electric! Uh, called on everyone to help identify the men, uh, going as far as to offer a free meal to whoever tracked them down. You will get the uh, main course and a one appetizer. All right, well, that's it? And, buddy, you have to cover your own drinks. Uh, and as I look at the video, it looks like a kind of fun. Yeah, the men were eventually located. Uh, Brugano later said on Facebook they will be prosecuted as they deserve. And again, your reward will include the one entree. And it won an app. Uh, the surfers were identified as two Australian tourists, and they have each been fined about $1,500 and the electric surfboards. Huh. I'm surprised they didn't have a Mercury surfboard. <laughs> Mercury freaking surfboard. Uh, going through Venice. whole city's under, almost underwater. Uh, they were valued at approximately $25,000, the, uh, the electric surfboards each. twenty five grand. Yeah. I have a freaking surfboard that's not... Anywhere near that. Uh, the Australian warlock. Consulate. I piss fire. <laughs> what? I piss fire. Well, that's because you have all kinds of STDs. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I don't have all the diseases, but my system fights it because I'm a freaking warlock. Uh, the Australian right. indigo girl. Yeah, on a mercury surfboard. That's right. Uh, the Australian... <laughs> The Australian consulate was contacted, uh, and Venice has clamped down in recent years on activities that might cause damage to the historic canals. Last year, Italian authorities banned cruise ships from entering the historic center of Venice uh, in response to a request from UNESCO. In 2018, the city banned personal recreational boats for non-residential residents from the city's main waterways. I mean, those are the that's the road. That's how you get around Venice. Right. So, um, I would have thought those were not that impactful, you know, uh, but uh, I, I assume are a lot of the boats now electric to keep Good question. Yeah. Don't really know. I, I, hell, I don't freaking know. I don't live there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love this story. Uh, LGBTQ teens are struggling to be accepted not only uh, in their communities, but also by their own families. And one of these teens decided to enact some revenge for the treatment that they endured. The teen took to both Reddit and Tumblr to share the story of their family's meatloaf recipe. The teen explained that the recipe was top secret with their mom not sharing it until they were 19. The teen didn't mind keeping the secret, but that changed when they came out to their mom. And after mom was, quote, homophobic and abusive at the news that her child was gay, the teen decided to share that meatloaf <laughs> recipe with the That's world. Great. I know. And now, deemed revenge loaf, the recipe has taken the internet by storm. Is it a good meatloaf? It sounds interesting, actually. Right. Uh, so, Wait, was the mother pissed? I don't know the follow-up to this yet as far as the mom goes. Uh, the unidentified teen shared, when I was little, my mom's meatloaf was my favorite food. I didn't like anyone else's. And she told me that she would teach me how to make it when I was older and when I was 19. Uh, and then she finally taught me 
but she never. Uh, but she told me never tell anyone else. And I was like, okay, that's weird, but all right. Well, the teen lost their desire to keep the family recipe secret when they stopped being treated as a significant member of their own family. And the tasty meatloaf recipe doesn't include breadcrumbs, however, mm. and that causes some spirited discussion among commenters, but instead, a packet of instant soup mix, like onion soup, that's a standard, uh, appears uh, to act as the binding ingredient, and it also maximizes the flavor. I've never used it in meatloaf. That's a great idea. Uh, yes, I've had meatloaf with that in it, and I find it quite delicious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, author Marjorie Engel. Shared the recipe on her Little House on the Prairie. Her Twitter followers, and it didn't take long for it to start going viral. She said, uh, "Last night, my LGBT kid told me about Revenge Meatloaf, and tonight I made Revenge Meatloaf." So. It's uh, making the round. So I thought that was a great idea of just one thing that this kid could do to just kind of stick it back to mom. Uh, this is a pretty wild story, man. A Florida firefighter and pandemic is a uh, pandemic <laughs> paramedic. <laughs> I called a pandemic. It should be about a half hour. A Florida firefighter and paramedic. Yes, could you send monkeypox? I have a fire situation. I'd like monkeypox to put out the fire, please. Now, listen to this story, though. Is recovering. This guy's recovering. Send the plague. After he became the center of his own emergency. Two weeks ago, J.C. Laverde was shooting an instructional video for his company when he was attacked by a 12-foot alligator as he swam in Lake uh, Thanantasasa near Tampa. Now, there's drone footage of this happening. Oh, yes, I did see this. This uh, is terrifying. Yeah, so as soon as he realized he was inside the gator's mouth and being inside, his head yes. was oh. inside the gator's mouth. Yeah. He said he tried to open its jaws. He said, when I felt the teeth, I immediately knew. And, that's, uh, and then as I opened it, I knew that I either turned it or it turned me. Yeah. But it was confused just as I was confused, and then it just let go. Let go. So he swam to the dock, and you should see the stitches on this guy's head. Well, the, the part of his skulls caved in. Yeah. He swam to the dock, hoisted himself up, and was driven to the hospital by a good Samaritan, and he even called 911 himself uh, to explain what had happened. He said... Listen, I'm not going to put extra stress on somebody that's already driving a bloody man somewhere. Yeah. Like, if I can take the load off of this lady, I'll do it. So that's why he made the call to 911. Uh, he underwent emergency surgery. It was six hours long. Whoa. And he is going to need another one in the future, and he has to wear a helmet to protect the right side of his head. I mean, he was beat up real bad. To be honest, there'd be no goddamn way I'd be swimming in Florida water oh like that. Oh, my God. Yes. You know that's a risk. Yep. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you for right now. Let's take a break. We will come back in just a moment or two. And don't forget Paul Reiser joining us a little bit later on around 9 o'clock this morning. We'll be back in a moment. Breaking news, breaking news. Kathy has decided that she hasn't vaccinated the movie Superbad. It's Pineapple Express that she didn't like. Wait, I'm getting handed another note. It might be Tropic Thunder. Wait, what the hell's going on? The only way to find out is to watch The Daily Rush to see this moment of confusion and clarity play out live on the air. Her face says it all. It's streaming now on PrestonandSteve.com. Real quick, a couple of shout-outs if you guys don't mind. Uh, here's the one that says, Hey, Preston, my wife... Marlia of Allentown. Or no, wait. My, no. I am Marlia of Allentown. That's the next line. Oh. Uh, my wife Marlia listens to you guys. 
on her rather short commute from Emmaus to the other side of Allentown. All right. Uh, from about 6.30 to just before 7. Her birthday is Wednesday, uh, but she has decided to take Wednesday through Friday off. Is there any way possible to get this in tomorrow morning? That would be awesome. <clears throat> if not, throw it on the pile for next week. I'm sure she'll love to hear it no matter what day it is. You guys rock. It is Dave, her loving husband. So here's a shard out. Nailed it. Sorry, but I, I got it on the day, not between. You can't yeah. say between 630 and 7. Right. It's just not going to Can't happen. do it. I apologize. You're a busy man. <clears throat> and then here's another one. It says, uh, hey, Preston, longtime listener and Philly transplant who now listens to your podcast from Arizona. And I was hoping you could do a shard out for Dr. Mike. Long story short. My stepmom was going in for an exploratory surgery because of health issues. Now, my dad is friends with Dr. Mike, reached out to him for a second opinion, and luckily Dr. Mike was able to refer my dad to another doctor who could perform tests instead of doing an unnecessary surgery to make a diagnosis. And I know Dr. Mike listens when he can, so hopefully he hears this. Uh, this shard out is for you, Dr. Mike, and that is from Mark Taub Jr., so... That's for Dr. Mike. I just hung with Dr. Mike last night. He came out to the Glenn Mills location for the Dining Out for Dogs at the White Dog Cafe. Yeah. And he's great. And he's, he tells me the first thing, Preston, he ordered a birthday gift for me two years ago that's been lost in the supply chain and all that oh stuff. God. And he goes, it's coming this week. Uh, <laughs> he's so excited. He's the best doctor He is ever. the best, yeah. You almost had to go see him after this. Oh, my God. He... Yeah, I... Uh... I I, I I really dodged a bullet. Let me tell you guys. And you, did you? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, you guys saw the video. Um, and yeah, we all got this video of your uh, your summer fun. Yeah. So my my cousin is uh you know he took me out on he's got a little pontoon boat and he uh, he he's been telling me about this little secret spot in Wildwood uh, for a, a couple of summers now and and sure enough. There's this little spot off in the bays that you go to, and you got to go through these channels and stuff like that, and then eventually you'll get all the way up, basically where the bay meets the Garden State Parkway. Oh wow! And so it's up there. It's it's really up there, and and you know you have to kind of know where you're going to get there. Right. Uh, but the um, the thing is that there's a is a little it's a cool little tranquil spot, like an inlet. In inlet where like an estuary. I don't know what an estuary <laughs> is, but where a lot of boats will kind of like. Anchor oh. and and hang and it's uh, Preston. It's really uh, the the salt water there is really really dense. Like you can float like no problem whatsoever. It has kind of a lake feel. To it, it has right? yeah. It's like very very like still sort of water. But there's a rope swing there, and he's been telling me about this rope swing forever and ever. And this is the classic kind where you swing out over the water and let go. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you know you can really only get there during high tide. So we were we were approaching it uh, around high tide. It wasn't full high tide when we got there, but sure enough, we pull up into this little area, and and there's all these like boats and wave runners just kind of hanging out, and it's a cool little spot to chill. And they have this rope swing, and I love the idea of a rope swing. Now, I found out a couple of years ago after going to Maury's Piers uh, at the water park there, because they, they do have a rope swing yeah. there, that um, you need a little upper body strength <laughs> to do a rope swing. Um, that is the number one missed call. <laughs> if, if you ever watch America's Funny Stone videos, yeah. there are people who clearly not only don't have upper body strength, but are not shaped correctly for a rope swing. Well, 
and just because you can grab onto a rope and kind of pull yourself up and yeah. hang there for a second, it's not the same as when it is swinging because right. gravity mm-hmm. is is being used and, and you actually, there's force being right, pulled right, down yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's more than you weigh yeah. when yeah. you're swinging on that. And so the first time I tried that at Maurice Piers, uh, and by the way, like there, you know, it was like 12 feet of water. So yeah. even if you don't, aren't able to hold yourself on the rope, you're not going to, you know, you're just going to go into the water. It's not going to yeah, be right, that bad. Right. Uh, so I found out at Maury's that, you know, I, I didn't have the upper body strength. Now, listen, I have been, uh, working out and working on my upper body strength. So I'm a little bit stronger today than I was the first time I did a rope swing. Right. At, so at, you're at ready Morris. to go. Yeah. So I'm ready. And if you go to this rope swing in this little secret spot in Wildwood, uh, there are two different or really like three different areas where you can sort of swing from. So I wanted to just see how I would do from the lower area. So I did a couple of practice runs uh, from, you know, the, basically you kind of hold onto the rope and you climb up the tree a little bit that the rope is attached to and then you kind of like swing around. And, and right. so I, I did that two times just to make sure that I could actually indeed hang on to the rope. What I found out when I got there was that the water isn't as deep um, as I had initially anticipated, right? So like... Uh, you really have to hang on to the rope all the way to the end of the swing in order to land in water that I would deem safe to land in. Okay. Uh, Instead of mud. It's definitely, and oh God, I can't stand touching the bottom of that stuff. Uh, the, uh, um, where you land, you definitely can't go in head first. You know, you definitely have to land feet first. Right. Long story short, I got up to the apex of this little area here, the the top turnbuckle, so to speak. And oh, and right before he does it, <laughs> you can hear him say, this is a bad idea. Yes. This is a bad Absolutely. idea. Mm-hmm. And I said that, n- not fully believing it, but Have to yeah, I mean, but, but I'm standing up there and sure enough, I swing. And the velocity and the force, you know, not just my weight and upper body strength, but the velocity and force uh, as I'm swinging down, I was like, I... And this is this is this is going to end bad. And sure enough, like when I got to the basically the bottom of the swing, thankfully, where the water starts. Okay, so uh, I basically I I lost grip of the rope and right. I and I hit. It doesn't. The video doesn't look as bad as it felt. Now I also got up and I played it um, played it off like nothing was wrong. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, okay. But I landed in <laughs> shell-filled water. Uh, okay. Shell-filled water that was maybe a foot deep where I landed. So the the water a was foot? not Yeah. Oh, dude. I know. <laughs> it, the water there was definitely not deep enough to uh um stop the impact oh. of both of my feet landing heel first into the shells. There was oh, no like knot that you could put your feet on? Uh Mm, maybe, uh, but I didn't think to do that. <laughs> Wait, uh, it looks like you're holding on with one hand. No, you got both arms on there. I got both. I, uh, okay. I don't know. Let's look. I have no. I, <laughs> we're watching the video. <laughs> Imagine if this were the test run, Casey, and you oh. were able to do it again. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What would you do differently? I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but if you were to do it again, like, would you hold on longer until the rope then swung up a little bit so then you could let go? The thing is, I didn't. He couldn't. He I couldn't. couldn't. Okay. I couldn't. The, his the, feet needed to be up higher. Like, usually I there's see. a knot. You put your feet there. You're supposed to hold on loosely and don't let and go. Don't let go. <laughs> so, if you cling too tightly. Oh, man, you're going to lose control. You're going to lose control. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, if I c- couldn't, <laughs> maybe... 
get my feet up on that bottom, uh, that the bottom knot. Maybe I would try that. And also, Case, I think what what I saw your hand looked like you weren't holding on. You're holding basically on the slack. Both hands should have been up. Yeah. So I had, I had one hand on the on the top knot, and then I guess another hand on the on the bottom. But uh, yeah, no, you're right. Maybe if I had both hands above the you top should knot have been your arms should knot. have been up high above you, holding tightly. Somebody texted and said, do you ever see the Looney Tunes where the guy dives into the cup of water? <laughs> so here's the deal. So I get up. Uh, my, you know, my cousin is filming this whole thing, and, and I play it off like, like, oh, no, I'm totally fine. Uh, I, I was, wasn't sure if my feet were bleeding profusely from landing. Oh, God, really? you know, And I didn't want to, like, look down and act like there was okay. anything wrong. I felt kind of bad right. over the weekend. Casey texted us all in a group text, yeah. and he goes, I, I just almost broke both of my feet, and I have video. And the first thing I responded was like, oh, please, yes, yeah. show us that. <laughs> I felt kind of bad after that because I didn't assess how badly you were injured, but I figured you wouldn't be texting us that way Yeah, no, no, you no, were I, really hurt. I, I wouldn't have, and, and no, I didn't, I didn't take offense to any of that. Okay. And all I was right, so glad that there was video of this because, like, yeah. This stuff rocks, like, especially when it doesn't happen to you. I think this kid who was up next to you in the wheelchair, he did a great job. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my son rope, did it. There's a rope swing at, um, well, what used to be Action Park. Yes. And uh, when we would go there, I mean, and it's, you know, it's high enough. Um, but you had to know what you were doing. Otherwise, this would happen. And people would sit at the bottom of it and just watch the other people go because <laughs> so many people failed on it. Because you right. do have to hold your, you know, your body weight up there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There are ones where they, and it happens all the time, and there's loads of videos of people face planting, not even clearing the dirt, mm-hmm. not even getting anywhere oh. near the water, and just biting it. America's funny. Some videos has Constantly. loads yeah. of people swinging on ropes. Ugh. Not, they're just totally underestimating like, what it takes. You need, you need to do testing. You need to see yeah. how long you can hold yourself up. You need to test, oh. as you said, with the. Oh. <laughs> Oh, we're watching videos. Oh, that dude, that poor guy just slammed right into the tree. Yeah. There's one on the uh, on the Wissahickon Trail on the hike to Devil's Pool that I just did. Uh, I didn't do the rope swing. I did the, the walk, but uh, and I, I watched a girl do it, and she did a pretty good job. But, uh, I mean, you need to know how deep the oh, water is, like what's all in that. there. You've got to know. And here's what yeah. I would say before I do something like that. I go, hey, you guys want to see somebody's arms come out of their socket? <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> no way in hell. I'd yeah. ever do that. I would do serious shoulder injury to myself if I tried to do that. I'm so disappointed that I even thought I could do this. <laughs> you need to be the the prep is really the, so. I've done it, and and it's it you, it's all in the it, as Kathy said, hand placement on the rope, getting ready, yeah. and that tucking, swing. You got to wait till yeah. you're at the top of right, it to yeah. let go. Uh, yeah, you well, never made it to that. I didn't show you the two successful runs that I had. Do you because, have it? Uh, yeah, I mean. But not from the top rope. I did it from the tree that you walked the, in. Yeah, I walked in. Uh, but like, yeah. Listen, my my heels still hurt right now, and uh, and I, I think I have some residual in my ankles as well. You guys, did you injure your? You had a, a foot injury of some. Oh, I tore the ligament in my left foot on a trampoline at uh, at, at Sky Zone. Sky Zone. Oh, yeah. Steve. So last week, right? <laughs> Wait, is this me? Okay, yeah, this is you. Casey tells me, and this is from uh, from MMRVQ. Oh, Casey dude. goes, dude, I still hurt from when we were on stage and we were introducing the show members, and you said, hey, do a herky. And Casey <laughs> did a herky, 
<laughs> and he injured himself and still is feeling it. I didn't oh, really? know that. Yeah, yeah so that, that muscle that goes from your gluteus all yeah. the way down to your, your hamstring has been strained. Ever. I felt it the second, because I went for it. No. You said do a herky, and I'm like, well, I'm going to do the best herky I can do. That was without, a Yeah. <laughs> You can't do herkies without stretching when you're 46 no, years old. you can't. No. Um, and so, I mean, when I kick up, I felt it. I mean, at the very, very apex, at the top of that herky, I, I was like, and, and I have felt it ever oh, no. since. So, press every single time when you and I have played a lot of golf together since then. Mm-hmm. Every time I bend over Jesus. to put the golf ball down or pick it up, I feel it. No kidding. It's gotten better. It's gotten better. But from May to July, it was like, oh, my God. We're getting towards the end of the summer, and I'm sure there are people who have that uh, have those stories of, uh, you know, hey, watch this or hold, oh, yeah. my, hold my beer moment. Because oh, time is running it happens out. You want to get it in. You want to go, let's go do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Nick, you've been to Willie T's, have you not? The, yes. Uh, there is a in the bar. Virgin Islands. Yeah. There's yeah. a bar. Um, it's not a restaurant, but it's a bar. It's a boat, and it's, yeah. it's in this cove. But the cool thing about Willie T's when we went there is they had this platform that you could jump off all the way at the top of yes, the, uh, yeah. the boat. And it was probably somewhere between three to five meters uh, high. And, I, you know, I did a couple of flips. And, and this isn't me injuring myself. Uh, but uh, there were these two girls who they decided they were going to jump off together. And they were holding hands and they were going to jump <laughs> off together. We're going to yeah. do this. No. So well, the one girl, there was like one, two, three. And the one girl jumped and the other girl bailed at the last second. But oh. they were tethered together. They were holding hands. So the girl... Pulled her, uh, the other girl, off of the thing, and they ended up smashing heads midair, midair, and then fell into the lagoon beneath. And then this chick bled all over the cove. And they ended up having to go to like some freaking hospital in the middle of the Virgin Islands. But I was like, I'm not going in the water anymore. There's chum. There's chum (laughs) for the the predator sharks. Listen to this uh, text came in. It says, long story short, my 30-year-old son went to the Poconos for a Basha party. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I went on a rafting trip. Came upon a uh, rope swinging in a tree. Uh, and the guy told him that they had to swing out and uh, miss this rock. Well, my son swung out, dropped off, landed in the water, swam back. He broke his foot in eight places. Oh, my God. And he says, my son is an experienced free climber. So he was able to swing out much further than other people because their grip strength is incredible. He said, and he landed on a submerged boulder and is having surgery done tomorrow. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yep. He case he wins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, he, he wins. landed on on uh, directly on a boulder. <laughs> uh, let me go to Joe. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Hey, Gadzooks, buddy. What's up? So uh, years ago, when I went on my honeymoon to Aruba, they have a pirate ship that you can swing off the rope. And uh, back then, you know, I was better shape. But uh, I went to did the rope thing just fine. Did a backflip. This uh, woman goes up after me. She swung out and she got scared. She oh, held on, she came back and no. hit the boat. No. Oh, God. Another eight foot drop from where she hit. Oh. She let go of the rope then and she hit a belly flop that just made the loudest slap sound I've ever heard. They must see that. And let me ask you when they had you do that, Joe, did they have you sign a waiver? No. Well, dude, it's Aruba. Yeah, yeah. They don't care. <laughs> But it's in Aruba. They just they go out. You go out, and they're like, "Hey, who wants to go on a rope swing?" And I'm uh-huh. climbing the, you know, the net to grab the rope swing as it is. So, it, oh, it, man, it's you slam back in. 
When you're that's wow. So in Jamaica, they have one of those places, case Thanks, where you, you jump off. It's it's I, it, it seemed pretty high. It seemed up like like twenty five thirty feet. It was it seemed you know at least a decent altitude, and um, you know so they tell you how to do it and jump off because if any, if your arms are sticking out or anything, you're going to get smacked and you're going to it's going to hurt like a mother effer. What yeah. is it about your perspective? Like when you're watching that from the beach, yeah. Steve, or you see somebody like it looks fine. easy yeah. and fine, and then the instant you get up there and you look down <laughs> off of that cliff. You're like, this is impossible, this and I'm going to I'm, die. I'm going to oh, die. Yeah. Yep. So I did it, and there was the woman after me. Um, she went, I don't know what the hell happened when she jumped off. She obviously had that revelation. <laughs> and in midair, Nick sort of hunched over, like face down, like like bulleted in, basically not belly flopped, Face flopped. It reminds me of the scene in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall where Jason Siegel jumps off the cliff and then <laughs> oh, yeah. he, like, as he's doing it, he's like, no, I don't want to do this. And he reaches back and tries to gl- right. grab one of the plants. That's why you, you just have to go. And, Kath, you as a diver, we we had this thing. It was like, you just have to go for it. You right. just got to count the yeah, three and yeah, go yeah. and sort of like clear your mind and just go for it. Because when we were in the Grand Canyon, we were jumping off of cliffs. And uh, there were a couple of these little you know side right. streams and, and stuff like that. And there was this one young lady who was just a... Uh, she was terrified. And I said to her, I go, either jump or don't. But I said, you know. There is you, no try. There is no. No, oh, well, I mean, because that's yeah. how people get hurt. Right. Is when they when they second guess it at the last second. Yeah, all the time. Uh, you remember watching The Real hey. World? Um, yeah. Uh, the San Francisco one? I can't remember that girl's name, but she did the same thing. Right. Where she was going to jump off of this cliff and then last second. Changes last second. Didn't and didn't that gal say something snotty to you about being patronizing yeah. her being a woman I was, or something? I was like essentially that? mansplaining, and <laughs> it, so not her. She was fine. It was yeah. the guide, the her personal river guide. It wasn't. She wasn't on the outfit that I was on. Yeah. But yeah. So oh, is she? Uh, what did she say? Oh, just what she needs—a man to tell her what to do. And I was oh. like, I go, I go, I'm a I'm person. A diver. I go, yeah. I go, I'm a person, and she's a person. Okay. I'm yeah. like, there's no man woman thing the... here. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> And then we ended, up, said it for you. we ended up seeing her on the river like a day later. She said the same exact. She yelled from her boat to our boat. Same oh. thing. And I was like, oh, you should, I hope yeah. you oh, I couldn't, you know, but anyway. I mean, you, honestly, uh, you're you're a civilized person, but it, uh, you should have gotten off and killed her. I should yeah. have. I, I mean, dude. Well, I was going to say take a dump in their boat or in her pinky toe. Do yeah. a Tasmanian yeah, uh, the tiger. tiger. But the funny thing is, and the ironic <laughs> thing is, is... Like three days later, what I did to that young lady on that cliff, I did to a man on a on a cliff again. I'm like, this is not a man woman thing. You this don't is have like, to it's a cliff yourself. thing. Yeah, it's not always about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but no. this lady made it about that, and I was like, Grr! yeah, she did. I wonder what her life is like now. Cliffs are genderless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, right? right? Uh, they had uh, Lake of the o- Cliff Clavin. Lake of the Ozarks, where uh, my wife's uh, family has some uh, property there, and uh, they've got they've got cliffs all over the place. Yeah. And we were there one time, and I have video of it. And um, my kids climbed up on this cliff. It had to have been, God, 35, 40 feet high. It was oh, my God. Way up there. And while you're sitting down in the boat down the water, it doesn't look that high. Right, right, right. I'm just sitting there going, come on, jump already. <laughs> Would you just three, go. two, one, go. Oh, three, two, one, you go. You can do it. And they stayed up there for like a half hour. <laughs> and uh, Rochelle's cousin ended up jumping off. And I was like, okay, 
maybe I shouldn't make them yeah. jump off there. Well, if, if you have time to make a sandwich while they're falling, <laughs> actually, yeah. a guy, a guy that was a couple of grades older than me in high school, uh, was doing that at Lake of the Ozarks, 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 and broke his neck. Oh, oh my god, quadriplegic from there on out. That's not fun. You got to watch that stuff. Oh, yeah. Just jumping into a, all that stuff like you break. <laughs> Breaking, almost breaking your feet. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I love going off the high. I could jump I off could the jump high, high dive. dive yeah. uh, but you have no idea. And then, uh, so Hidden Hollow. I could jump off the high dive. Swim club in uh, Middletown. The uh, They have a 10-meter platform. And so I finally got to go off of that. I was probably 19 years old, and I had never been that high. And, I mean, I was in my mind talking to Big, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to do one and a half. I'm going to do you know. And then I got up there and I was like. I'm going to fall. Oh, I think, yeah. I think I'm just going to jump Dude, yeah. this first time. Your perspective changes yeah, dramatically. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you can walk. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Congrats. Uh, you yeah. watch yeah. Casey's uh, video on Instagram, I believe. Is that where it is? Yeah. <sighs> All right, listen, I want to take a break because we have Paul Reiser scheduled Yay. at 9, right? At 9. All right, and uh, we're going to get him on when we return, coming to the area with his comedy show. Uh, he's great. Love having him as a guest. We'll return in just a minute. Stay with us. The new and improved MMR app is out. It's faster, better organized, yet fully customizable to your liking. Start poking around now. If you want to know what's going on at MMR this week, select our featured section to show up in your app feed. Stay on top of what Jackson, Brent, and Jackie Bam Bam are up to and select their show pages. Plus, you can make sure you're ready to win in the next MMR contest or see our latest concert photos. Look for Marissa's App Hack videos to get the ultimate user experience. So update your app now and then customize it to make the new MMR app your app. Our next guest, we have had the distinct pleasure of having on the show several times, uh, either in the studio or via phone. Yes. Uh, always a pleasure. And I'm so happy he is as busy as he is. He, uh, there's, well, his career's never not been substantial, but there's yeah. a bit of a... Uh, of a renaissance here. Yeah, especially... It was all over the place. Stranger Things and... The and Boys. The Boys, most recently. And uh, he's going to be in our area at the Keswick Theater, uh, November 11th. The night before, he's going to be out uh, in the... Um, Kind of Lancaster area in Han- oh. Hanover, PA. All right. Uh, for a show at the uh, Eichelberger Performing Arts Center. That's November 10th. The show at the Keswick Theater is November 11th. And uh, he's doing live stand-up stuff. Which is where he came from. Where he came from, exactly. Yeah. And, of course, you know him as Dr. Owens uh, from Stranger Things, amongst many others. Please welcome Mr. Paul Reiser yeah. to the show. Good morning, Paul. What an intro. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Holy Paul. Cow. As, as, I, I, the as, first twenty minutes of it were good. <laughs> I know I, I faltered a little bit in the middle there, but I tried to. A little, yeah, yeah, I tried yeah. to bring it back at the end there. <laughs> uh, you know, as, as Steve has said, it almost seems like you have never not been busy, uh, but it, it's been very exciting the the last few years, has it not? It has. It has uh, for uh, for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? It's funny. Then the, it just so happens that the the boys and the and Stranger Things both dropped like in the same week, practically. And uh, so suddenly it looked it looked like I was busier than I might have actually been. Okay. But uh, but it's been yeah, it's been great fun. And this new show coming out in uh, next month in a couple of weeks on Hulu. It's called Reboot, which is a show about a, a, a silly 
that's being rebooted. Really funny. It's uh, Steve Levitan who created oh, Modern Family. He's great. He's great. Yeah, yeah. and this. The, the advanced word on this, Paul, is, is excellent. So I'm, oh, I'm cool. very yeah. excited for this because Hulu's had some some really good stuff. Did it, um, was it kind of fun? Because it's, it's, a, it's a dysfunctional reboot of a, of a, a, of a, of a bad <laughs> show, right? Uh, yeah. was, it, was it fun to be sort of, um, in a way, uh, having fun with, you know, the sitcom world that you came from? Totally, yeah. totally, because it doesn't at all focus on the... The, the the silly show that it is rebooting, but it's all about, you know, it's 20 years later and the actors don't like each other and the cute little kid from the family show has grown up and he's not a cute little kid. <laughs> and, and I play the guy who created the original show, which they are now trying to make very uh, socially conscious and politically conscious. I'm going, just make it funny. <laughs> and, I'm just, and so it's a battle between me and the young writers. And it feels absolutely real. You know, it's all these scenes of the long walk Walk for back, and you know anybody who's been done half-hour TV knows that long walk from a bad rehearsal back up to the writers' room to throw everything out. Well, uh, you know, so it was it was great fun, and it's it's got an unbelievable cast. It's got uh, Keegan Michael Key oh, and Johnny Knoxville and Judy Greer and Rachel Bloom and just funny, funny people. So that's been real fun. But in between all these fun things, I get to go out and do stand-up. So that's really you know we've yeah. talked about this. That's my first my first love i remember years ago i was you know i i i loved your your stand-up and then you suddenly you know you're in diner and you know the career is going in a in a more cinematic way but i uh, i mean you were you know i think state of the art and continue to be i i love your style you've always sort of had you talked about with uh reboot staying away from really incendiary things these days and i think a lot of your fans and people who appreciate your stand-up appreciate that you're committed to that is that uh, is that does it get more and more difficult as people seem more divided or does, does it seem more obvious that you need to do that <laughs> that's a really interesting question uh, does it seem obvious? well you know it certainly is more divided out there, and, and you know you, you do want to tread carefully, not just in stand-up, just walking to the store. <laughs> in life. Yeah. Just, everything is a little bit taut. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my stand-up, I've never, you know, I never have talked about political or social things. You know, that's just, because there, there are comics who do, yeah. do it great. Uh, you know, to me, I always tell people, I just, I'm not smart enough to make anything up, so I just... I just talk about whatever happened in my house, and when I get out there, I find out that everybody's laughing because they're going, "Holy cow, that's my house!" So <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And it, but to your point, I do find sometimes I go, "We're just talking about silly stuff." Is that? really make any sense at this moment and what i'm finding is yeah it does because people need a break yeah you know and i need a break you know mm-hmm. i watch the news and i go my head's gonna explode and then to get up and you know do an hour and a half of a stand-up and have people laugh it's great for them but it's also great for me so you know i love it more than i've ever have enjoyed it before that's great you, you touch on some really quirky things man and, and some of it sticks with me i remember going back to the 80s and i know you probably don't like people regurgitating your old no, bits do you, you but didn't. i need i need them <laughs> but you had this simple line about, and I guess it was like maybe the day after you went swimming or something like that, and all of a sudden you feel this warm water trickle out of your ear, and you're like, oh, it's even better now. Uh, yeah, like yeah, a little bonus is a surprise. Yeah. Very 
perfectly fine, and then the water pops. You go, now I hear it better. I love my life. Uh, I, let, me put, let me write. I gotta call you guys more often. Sure, we'll, yeah, we'll throw all your old stuff to you. Listen, I, I have to take this moment, and and I'm and I'm sure as many people do, uh, Paul, to tell you what Stranger Things means to me because uh, it's wow. become a show that that my daughter and I it, it's our thing, you know, and, and I. I've got a full house. There's five of us all together, but her and I, it's what we do. We sit down. Now, we watched the entire run uh, three times all the way through. Oh, my God. How old is your daughter? Fifteen. Um, perfect, and yeah. so it's 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 a it's a dad and daughter thing to do, and I and I cherish it. And I and fortunately, I love the show. I mean, yeah. it's just it's so uh, there's so many great uh, aspects about it. And your character was such a nice turn. Yeah. After Matthew Modine's papa <laughs> <laughs> was just like, oh my god, how did this guy's horrible? And you come in and and uh, with with a much different take on that. And I thought it was a it was a very cool transition that the show made in your character. Yeah, in fact, you know, it's funny. A lot. I do hear that a lot. That people, it, it is that old phrase, "fun for the whole family." Like, well, there's not, there aren't that many things that are fun for the whole family. But this show seems to have hit it. Yeah. That grow, you know, adults like it, kids like. Sometimes I hear, "Oh, my eight year old watches it." I go, "Why would you let your eight year old watch this?" <laughs> right. It's horrifying. I mean, it's really scary, but it is great. And, and uh, you know, I got the thrill because I got invited into it, the show in season two. Yeah, and it was already it was a huge juggernaut. It was just a global phenomenon. But I so I came late to the party a bit, but they were all so great and these kids who were not little kids anymore. They're so talented and they're so nice. You know, they were I was I'm the old guy. And they were all you know, you go, is anybody gonna sit with me at lunch? <laughs> <laughs> well you the Duffers the Duffers wrote that role specifically for you, did they not? That's what they told me. They yeah. said they, I don't think they wrote it to keep me busy. I think they had sort of me in mind when uh. they were writing it and then and they actually said they called the character in the first draft it was called Doctor Riser. And I said, Well then you have to call me. You call Doctor Mickey Rourke, that makes no sense. <laughs> Paul um, speaking of being the old guy, I I loved your turn your turn on the Kaminsky method, and but they they kind of made you look a little bigger and older than than you actually are. Was that like a, a piece that they put on? Or you had like a, a weird ponytail going on on uh, that show. All, all of those things. I like that you put even even bigger. Than you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get us wrong. You're a mess, but they made it work. <laughs> well, they did. They did. They padded me up and they put like a. Yeah, like two hours of makeup every morning. They put like a bald cap on, and then they have to put the makeup on to make it blend. And they put the hair around it. And then they the, the the genius stroke was a little ponytail, which I thought was brilliant. It was there? It was Chuck Lorre's idea. But I'll tell you, it, when they when they told me, they said we're going to pad you up and give you a gut. And I told them, I said, save your money. I got a gut. They go, no, no, we're going to give you more. And, and uh, the great thing about looking that old and out of shape was that first of all when i take it off the people that go well now you look great <laughs> so like i well yesterday you didn't look that great but after watching the show you look fantastic now <laughs> but i gotta believe me i got a lot of calls from friends who said they're getting calls from other friends going what happened he let himself go <laughs> when did this happen yeah no that's it, it was great great fun to work with michael douglas and alan arkin and, oh. and yeah it was just great fun. You'd, you'd worked with michael Douglas, before you were behind the candelabra, were you not? Look at you! Look how you know these things. Yes, yeah. that is one of uh, oh. that is one of my favorite. I got to tell you, Paul, that movie. I, I don't know what it is about it, but it's just it's just a moment in time. Obviously, we we have uh, 
uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, Michael Douglas and and uh, Matt Damon, Matt Damon yeah. and uh, the, the, uh, Rob Lowe and everybody uh, are, are just tremendous in it, and it's. It's 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 sort of a loving but true and weird and it's it's lightning in a bottle. Was was that a wild experience working on that? Well, I was you know that was another thing. I got invited late. I was literally they said, "Can you come down tomorrow and play Matt Damon's lawyer?" I went, "Yes." <laughs> uh, and it was actually ironically, it was I had taken a whole bunch of years off. Yeah, we've talked about that. So that was like my first thing really out of the house. They go, could you come down? I think it was like literally a day or two in advance. And they said, we have this scene where Steven Soderbergh was directing, yeah. Michael Douglas and Matt Damon. So uh, for me, it was great. I mean, we, we, all our scenes were in this conference room and they're just, we're sitting and Dan Aykroyd was in the scene. And I'm just, we're listening, I'm listening to these guys tell stories, show business stories. Uh-huh. Between Dan Aykroyd and Michael Douglas. I actually did a movie that Michael Douglas produced and was in called One Night at McCool's about 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which 17 people saw, which was (laughs) almost funny. It was very close to being funny. Uh, It wasn't quite funny. It was, if you stood on a chair, you could see funny. Uh, But, uh, so yeah, we had worked a little, but I never really spent time with him until we did this show. And uh, I I learned so much, you know, the, the show in Kaminsky Method, he plays an acting coach, right? And so, but, and they have these great scenes in the acting class, but I was all my scenes that I do with him, you know, just the two of us, really were like an acting class for me because I would, I think that's the first day I'm watching him, thinking, you know, he's underplaying it and he just talks softly. I, I don't think he's going to look good. I don't think he's going to be happy. He's not so good. And then, <laughs> like an idiot. And then I watch the, the film. I go. Oh, he's a genius, man. He knows, you know, he's doing this a long time. He knows exactly where the camera is, where to look, how big, how small to play it. So I just I learned a lot, and he's funny. He's a great guy. Well, so it's it's it's, it's funny. I've heard stories like that before. I remember. I think uh, Rosie O'Donnell recounted a story uh, watching. Uh, you know, as, as they the League of Their Own, and they're watching. She's watching Gina Davis act yes. in a scene, and it, it seems like she had basically that same reaction, Paul. Like, oh my right. God, this is. I mean, how about acting? This is not going to read. And then she she sees it on the screen and realizes, oh, that's a real actor. Yeah. You yeah. know what it may be? Maybe because as comics, we go, well, you have to talk loud and be big yeah. and grab people. And actors don't. The actors go, it's going to be a small scene. When you watch it, you're alone. <laughs> you know. So uh, it's, it's, you know, it's an education. But that was, that was great fun. They're also different, you know. Yeah. That show was funny in a way that. It had its own unique flavor, Kaminsky Method, and uh, this reboot is much, the show called Reboot, is much uh, broader. There's a lot of sweet sentiment in the way Modern Family has sweet things that uh, then they pop with some funny, but it's really funny. I mean, there's some big-ass laughs. Oh, looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Paul, you know, just going through all these different uh, shows, movies, and and all the people that you've worked with, when when you're coming on to a new project and you haven't met... Uh, the people that you're going to be working with yet is that is that a, a total crapshoot as to well here we go let's see what we get you know yeah yeah you never know and you know you see you have to do your job and you don't have to get along with everybody in the crew for right. to do a good job but it certainly makes the the experience more pleasant so uh, you know I've been lucky and uh, you know once in a while on every show there's some guy who's a little grumpy or somebody who's not so pleasant but I <laughs> I haven't come across that and like I say you know on Stranger Things which is massive I mean the production they shot this last season 
over the course of like 18 to 20 months Jeez, or something. Wow. You know, with COVID shutting down and so on. But uh, they're all, you know, you get on the set and everybody's just doing their job and they're pleasant. And Are, are you still a tiny bit nervous when you walk into something new? You don't okay. know, especially uh, if if it's if it's a new show and you don't know what it's going to be. I, I remember talking uh, when I joined Stranger Things season two. It was already, as I say, a big hit. But they, the cast, was telling me like one season. I remember David Harbour was saying, "Listen, we we did the season one. We didn't know it was going to be yeah. good. We forget being a hit because we thought this might be the silliest, dumbest, <laughs> cheap science fiction crap. You know, and yeah. so you don't always know what it's going to be, but." Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't ever bank on something being a hit. But, you know, if you choose a script you like and you're working with people that are proven or that you like hanging with, you're halfway home. You know, there was a a broad smile on my face when I saw you pop up on The Boys, which we just adore. (laughs) It it is it is so wrong in so many ways. And your character, the legend, one of the most outlandishly reprehensible, but just but wonderful. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's it's funny. I'm like, <laughs> it's so wrong, but then to say that's Paul Reiser and he's killing it. Uh, did you were you familiar with the show at no, any level? No, yeah. Oh. We're so funny, you know. You say you watch your, your Stranger Things with your daughter, but I I, I have a twenty one year old, oh, twenty two year old. <laughs> he just turned twenty two. I got to update my my brain, but um, but he is old. He's the guy who told me about Stranger Things, so I got offered to join the boys, and I had never heard of it. I didn't, just didn't know it. There's too many shows. Yeah. So I said, "What? Do you ever heard of this show? They want me to come on it." He went, "Oh." It's great, comma, you'll hate it. <laughs> it is depraved. It is beyond depraved. It is so, yep. and, and I watched it. I went, oh, he's right. This is fantastic. And oh, my God, I can't be on this. And then when, when I watched it, I went, okay, at least now I get it. They're, they're, this is not by accident. This is by design. They're being yeah. so over the top, so violent, so graphic. Oh, man. And then the character, when they sent me the script, I went, there was some gnarly stuff they wanted me saying and doing. I went, you know what? God bless you. I can't, I can't do this. I can't. And they said, well, what if we take this sentence out and this line and we give this to the other guy? I went, yeah, all right. Now you got it. But it was really fun because we, it was, they let us improvise. And, and uh, uh. a lot of that stuff, you know, I was just basically channeling uh, every old Hollywood producer and myself. Basically. <laughs> wow. It was like, you know, sitting with all these young guys going, how do you know? What do you mean you never heard of Kelly LeBrock? Read a book. What's wrong with <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. Uh, it's great. Well, listen, we know you got to run, Paul. You're in town uh, in Philadelphia, the Keswick Theater. Uh, that is on uh, November 10th. We happen to be doing our biggest charity event of the year that week, and I'm hoping maybe our people can reach out to your people and you can come by and visit all in person. Right. All right, we'll have to see you. And All I know right. uh, I'll be in the bottom of New Jersey, uh, Tom's River, on October, a little sooner, October oh, 8th. Tom's River in South Orange, New Jersey, on the 9th. And uh, listen, you get, we got to make sure those seats are filled. I'll tell you why. If you've ever seen stand-up in an empty theater, it's not good. <laughs> no, no. Everyone needs to see Paul Reiser live because yes. you're seeing state-of-the-art <laughs> and one of the truly great uh, stand-up comedians. You can check out paulreiser.com. We love you. Yeah. Thank you, Paul Reiser, everybody. He is the best. He's he's excellent. So many great stories. And naturally funny. Yeah. Uh, his, it, when you get, I know you you're, you've been waiting on the on the boys, Preston. When when he pops up, you're going to be like, oh, this is this is just perfect. It's, Dude, it, I can't even read this. There's I know. A, there's a text about him on there, and he's <laughs> supposed to be. 
He's supposed to be, I can't say that. Jang O, is that? So, something on elder prostitutes? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, right. That's yeah. a big part of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, think they're the cl- you think they're the cleaning women when you first see All them. Right. And, in fact, they are. I've got to. I I, I got to get. Ca- I got to get caught up on the police. Yes, I, I, I'm going to try not, to do by that. By the way, that's not for you and your kids. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh my God, no! Wow. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, yep, he's going to be in town, and uh, maybe we can get him out for Camp Out for Hunger. It'd be great. Nice. Um, wonderful to spend some time with him out there. Um. So we got a little bit of time here. We do. Right? We do. Okay. All right. I've already done the all existentialist. My I've already done my. No, I'm not going to be the <laughs> existentialist. Why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> you already did the animal stories. Yeah, yeah. The President Steve show got deep Tuesday morning. <laughs> you know, rolling out the existential. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, there was this interesting story that Steve sent over to me. There's a, uh, I've never seen anything quite like this, uh, but a pair of Georgia siblings have been awarded in punitive damages against Ford Motor Company, $1.7 billion. Whoa. One point seven. Billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, why? What happened? A 2014 car crash that killed their parents. It's the largest uh. ever civil verdict to have been awarded uh, in the state of Georgia. I don't. Excuse me. I don't know about any other states. It doesn't say in the country. Well, so it's got to be way up there. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be up in, in the tip top as far as um, civil suits yeah. go. So the story was in 2014. Uh, is it Vonsel? Vonsel and Melvin Hill died in their Ford F-250. It blew a tire uh, and rolled over. The couple who were 62 and 74 were on their way back to pick up a new tractor part to be used on their farm in Georgia. And a jury this week ruled that they should have survived the crash and would have had the roof or uh, and would have had the roof of their F-250 been designed properly. Instead, it, it crushed under the impact of the roll and they died of their injuries. They um, said it was it, it crushed so easily that it was like it was a convertible top. Right, right. Yeah. So the couple's uh, adult children, Adam and Kim, uh, both in their 50s sued Ford and Pep Boys, uh, the auto shop that had fitted the vehicle's tires four years before the crash. Uh, they were first awarded $24 million in compensatory damages, of which Ford is liable for 70%, which is about $16.8 million, and Pep Boys uh, was liable for 37%. Uh, percent. The jury then awarded the family $1.7 billion in punitive damages. Now, the reason they go with a number like that yeah. is essentially to just penalize Ford. Sure. Uh, and not necessarily to get... They don't think that they, the gonna family one- suffered $1.7 billion worth of loss, but they need to... They said it was so negligent, uh, the jury felt this, yeah. that they needed to stick Ford with that big mm-hmm. of a number so that they fix the problem I'm, I'm- and don't take it lightly. Wow. Sure. And I'm curious with this, Preston, when they... D- there's going to be, no, at least by my reckoning, there's no way that $1.7 billion gets given. Something massively substantial will be given to them. But are we are we to believe that $1.7 billion, obviously there are legal costs and things of that nature as well. But do we believe $1.7 billion will actually make its way out? Like well, billion. we do not because under Georgia law, the state gets 75% of that. <gasps> Oh yeah, I didn't know that. The, the estate or the state? The state wow. is given 75% of $1.7 billion, leaving, leaving the family $425 million. How do okay. you live on that? 
Yeah, but I mean, still. No, I know. Seventy five percent of that ruling goes to the state of Georgia. Yeah, that then, seems that weird. Yeah. What does the what, what do the lawyers take? Uh, do they a take? Lot. Well, I know, uh, but do they take from the four fifty million or the one point seven well, billion? Uh, well, probably the one point seven billion. I mean, usually that's the way. Yeah. They they operate. They get a a, a percentage of that settlement. You know, and, so, or uh, of the judgment. Did you see you? Did you watch the series Dope Sick? Nope. I'm About watching the, it right now. Yeah, it's amazing. But but in 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 the what was this the final settlement? It was the largest in history, and that was I believe that was a class action suit. These are the the people who Oxycontin, the, uh, yeah, okay. right, and said it was not addictive when obviously right. it was clearly a crazy addictive, right? Uh, and um, so that I was six billion, Steve, six billion, yeah. So that, and that was Purdue Pharma. Um, that, that that's what that settlement was. At some point, does Ford and or Purdue like do they literally write a check? That's my question, Nick. So, so how in, with with the legal structure and the way things are parsed, like I would never have imagined that Georgia as this would be the, a partial recipient of this of this verdict of right. this of this settlement or whatever. It doesn't seem like they they would have any claim to that. But I don't understand. You know, and, and where in the we're all pre med. <laughs> where in the proceedings does some. Does that figure arise from right? right. Like in the, in the course of the suing, because this this accident happened years ago, and the, and the lawsuit itself has taken a really long time. So at some point, somebody says, "All right, we're going to make the the, the punitive damages to Ford one point seven billion dollars." Who comes up with that figure? Yeah, I, that's a good question because I've sat on a, a couple of civil cases in a jury, and I think now this is obviously not one point seven billion. Mr. Elliot, you want to say something to the court? <laughs> yes, I think they should get five billion dollars. Um. I, Nick, if I recall correctly, because it's been a few years since I did uh, did this, and the first one we found in favor of the um, plaintiff. Uh, no, no, we found in favor of the defendant. Or no, well, hell, I don't remember. <laughs> but it was I, but the plaintiff I, and the plantain. But I, I think we had to come up with a figure out of thin air. Nick. Uh, the really? jury did. Yeah, the wow. jury did. I feel like I remember you doing that yeah. and telling us about that or maybe you didn't tell us to do okay, yeah i don't know no you, you can after oh, the yeah. case oh, oh, okay, you yeah. can talk about then it freely after the do case. you remember your summation uh yeah yeah <laughs> i would like to point out to the jury that is our- there some of the improv that you have been come to know and this is a question we all wrestle with on a daily basis <laughs> are we in fact improving what we have been come to know as or are we really who we are um, there's a scene in the, uh, in the David Mamet, uh, the, the, uh, the verdict, which was brilliant. Paul Newman, great performance. And the jury at the end, they, they find for this woman who was, at, who aspirated, actually, she was put under uh, anesthesia when she wasn't ready to do that because she'd eaten. Right. Uh, and so they caused brain, brain damage. So they come in with the verdict, but the jury asked the judge if they can award more. Right. Which I believe, and he said, and I don't know if this is just movie, you know, bullcrap, but he said because of the law of the state in Massachusetts, the jury could ask for that and they could do that. Uh, Here's a text that says, uh, the jury picks the number. My wife won punitive damages this past fall. I'm not going to say against where, yeah. but uh, they they had mentioned uh, the name of the company that they got uh, damages from. So, I, yeah, but it do, it doesn't indicate whether they just came up with that number, right? Uh, just or what it's predicated on, or they yeah. get a chart. 
Yeah, I don't know. Or Maybe good, there's a list that says good amounts to award. Right. <laughs> I, or, you know, because sometimes they do say seeking damages in yeah. in uh, in excess of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. They'll throw a number out there. So, or they'll just say blah, blah, blah. Yeah, know, and, and, which, you know, all right, we give you two blahs. You figure, yeah. figure it out yourself. I don't think this is a one blah. But $1.7 billion, man, that's huge. So that's they, crazy. They may end up getting uh, $450 million of that. I remember years ago, my friend had a, uh, there, was, uh, there was a, he was in an accident. Um, he had, have to have plastic surgery on his face. It wasn't, you know, he had a couple of scars and things like that. But that case was in the courts for the longest time. And by the end of it, he ended up getting about $8,000. Okay. So, oh, by the way, this is not done. I mean, yeah, uh, they're, yeah. they're going to appeal the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to drag out for years sure. and years. But even just to get to that point and where he really clearly had, you know, physical damage to him, to his face, um, it took forever for all that to clear and for him to finally have check in hand. Oh, really? To finally get finally to where get, it's like it took here, forever. the money's in yes. now. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine that they stall and push back as they do. much as they possibly yeah. can on that. Um, but As um, you can imagine. This is for please the court. <laughs> Is that our lawyer? Yeah. That's Ben, our lawyer. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was going to suggest that we got. Can we take a recess, please? He <laughs> comes sprinting into the courtroom. <laughs> Your Honor, if we could take a quick recess. We just stopped. <laughs> well, the reason he said it like that is because he was out of breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to go from one side of the studio to the other. Hit it again, Casey. As you can imagine. Yeah, he was out of breath when he came over. I'll be back with my summation. I had... I just a drink of water. My, so, my, uh, my friend's mother, when she would yell at us, she would not take a breath. Yeah. And so she would yell at us with like at the, at the end. end like, yeah, what are you doing? I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I think I've done that before. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the one time she was yelling at it, she was like, and she says, "How many times do I have to tell you?" Because she went on like a thirty yeah. second tirade, and it's and I go, I don't know. <laughs> are you serious? Oh, I'm such a dick, dude. Yes, oh, yeah. To your friend's God. mom. To my friend's mom. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, you want to go to a lawyer? Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah please. We got Bob the lawyer Bob. who is on the line. Uh, good morning, Bob. Uh, good morning. I, I don't Bob. Know, it's a little complicated. I don't want to bore your audience with the details of punitive damages. Well, sing it. And that will, <laughs> that just, make, just give us a, a working knowledge. Yeah, take us up to well, second year law. <laughs> there are differences in every state, but basically, punitive damages are based on evidence that's presented as to the value of the defendant's assets. Okay. okay. So the reason it's so high with Ford is they presented <laughs> on their assets. They're worth sixty yeah. billion dollars. Oh, okay. Wow. And then the jury comes up with a, oh. a number, a percentage, which is designed to punish Ford for what they did. Right. And like, because they couldn't, they wouldn't give that amount against you and me because we don't have. You know, those but assets. here's a quick question, though, Bob. So I would yeah. imagine Ford Motor Company gets sued all the time. Yeah. I mean, they're you know one of, one of the big big companies in our in our country, and so I wonder why this one in particular goes after that high of a number. You know, well that's 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 a runaway jury. That's a fluke jury. I mean, the jury obviously had very you know um, strong feelings about who the plaintiffs were that were suing. I've tried dozens of cases. I've sued Ford many times um, to get those kinds of numbers, even for compensatory damages, which is the other half for what they suffered. That's a high number. So and and you you have case. you have reached for for numbers in in that ballpark before? No, not a, okay. not, not that high. Okay, I mean, yeah, 
yeah. millions, but not billions, whatever that number is. Yeah, one point seven. So, so, it, it, yeah. so, okay. so, so, Bob, is that is it is it performative then at that level that you're just simply trying to send a, a message or? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's punishment. Punitive means punishment. You're trying okay. to send a message, and you have to present, you know, evidence of what amount would the jury believe is reasonable to punish them, um, based on. You know what it would cost them. So give them a million dollars. Ford would laugh that off. So, right. so now in this situation with this, uh, I assume the process begins of them uh, appealing that. Now, oh, how... They're never going to see that money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's going to be appealed all the way. I, mean, I don't know what the specific law is in Georgia. I practiced in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, Delaware, um, but you know, generally speaking. Most of my big verdicts got appealed anyway. Okay. And you end up either settling or some court cuts it down. It's right. called the mitter where they give you less than you got. Um, so there's a lot of things that can happen before they see any actual money. Okay. okay. And, Bob, uh, one, one, of the, one of the revelations to us was that Georgia, the state, gets 75% of that award. Is it fairly standard for a state to take an, an amount in a civil case like that? No. That, I've never heard of that in all the states I've worked in, but they can pass whatever law they want. They can say if you're getting punitive damages, for some reason you have to kick back some money to the state. I've never heard of that. But, it it, it okay. seems it seems like there's no predicate for that, but I, I, if that's the law, that's yeah. the law. Well, huh. Interesting. Make that law. I mean, they can also, on the punitive damages, they could limit the attorney's fees. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things they can do. Each state can make their own laws that covers it. Some states, there's caps on the punitive damages. Right. It can only be like five times the compensatory damages, or three times the compensatory damages. So there's a lot of different laws that, you know, relate to that. The jury gives a number, and then they go from there. It's right. That's a starting point. That's not the finishing line. Right, right, right. So yeah. there could be a cap. What? There could be, you know, an appeal. I mean, they could take that to the Supreme Court. Sure. Bob, what's the, the longest time you've spent working on a case? Well, in a trial or... From from, from beginning to, to the, the parties no, paid out? A few years. Yeah. No. I mean... Three or four years. I, you know, I think about it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for checking in, Bob. No problem. Take care. Case closed. Yep, yep. Case closed. We need a gavel in here. Oh, uh, I have a bell. That'll work. (laughs) Hey, Uh, Hang on. Oh, that was it. I didn't know. That's right. I forgot we had a gavel there. Um, Hang on. Let me go to Brian real quick, whose uh, fiance got punitive damages. Uh, Hi, Brian. Good morning. Good morning, Durka Durka. Durka Durka. All right. So, yeah, tell us what you can about this. So... So my fiance, she's 28 now, when she was 10, she was supposed to be going in for a tracheotomy, okay? She had really bad stomach issues as a kid. So the doctor, who is no longer alive, uh, I don't know what happened there, but I know that uh, what happened was he went in, did not read the correct chart, and the chart he read was for a 14-year-old boy who was supposed to have his left leg amputated. Stop. Stop it. What? Jesus. So, so what happened? No. So. She's apparently, the story that I heard from her mother, she's on the table. The anesthesiologist starts reading the chart, realizes it's not the right patient. The doctor, who's her left leg at this point, is completely off of her body. What? What? Listen, listen. The doctor leaves the hospital. Leaves. 
gets in his car, leaves, middle of the surgery. Dude, if this they is a setup to... for a joke, <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. No, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 she no, was no. hopping mad. She gets punitive damages every three years until she's 35 years old. Yep. And so the, ho- the doctor left the hospital, just left. Okay. They had to call a specialist in from CHOP, in, well, not CHOP, but Children's yeah. Hospital of New York, fly him down in a helicopter, and he reattached her leg. Oh my God! What? So, so let me ask you this: How, What do you have any idea as to what the 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 amount was awarded? Did you? you sit, no, I know it took. I know it took. She probably doesn't want to share in this. Yeah. Um, I know she doesn't listen. She's at home with the kids right now. But yeah. um, I know that altogether, when she's thirty five, she'll shoot. She will have received about two million dollars. Well, man, that's a little. That, I think that that's sound like much. Yeah. Uh, how about one point seven billion? <laughs> I mean, well, I Wait, mean, that's, so does she have one leg? No, no. The so now, now she walks. She has a she has a crazy scar. I mean, like yeah. she's had issues with it. Like apparently, yeah. when she was like fifteen, a spring popped out of her side and it was sticking out of her skin. Um, but she's had issues with this pretty much her entire life. She walks with a limp. She has to have special orthotics in her shoes. She has to see a doctor once a year. Um, she's probably going to need like a full hip replacement when mm-hmm. she's like 35, 40 years old. Well, that was there, yeah. years ago. There was a, there, a doctor when, you know, when I was a kid in, in the neighborhood, there was a doctor and his name was, I think, Pospisil or something like that. And he did the same thing. He amputated the leg on a patient. Uh, and they, uh, uh, and I mean that. Needless to say, he stopped being a doctor after that because they, uh, they, they, they basically ran him out of Dude. the uh, industry. But, but wow, that's that's pretty wild. That's that, crazy. Brian. But and, and honestly, to be with people getting you know eight million dollars for um, spilling hot coffee on themselves. Yeah, it seems uh, that, like, se- that seems rather low for having your leg amputated. You Should have more. Now I know, I know that like uh, so. So her parents. Um, one of the things was like she had to get a special handicap shower put in her house, and the doctor recommended like uh, aqua therapy. So they they had an in ground swimming pool put in in her backyard, which was paid for, yeah. so that she could swim whenever she wanted. But yeah, it's it's one of the craziest stories I've ever heard, and a lot of people don't believe me when. I, I tell it, but I just I was like, here you want to call? No, no. Wow. <laughs> no I, I know okay. there there are similar stories. That's why. You know, they, they will actually mark your body. That's why they check your age and your yeah. name countless that's times. Why, that's why they do all that stuff yeah. now before you go. I mean, I've, I've had two surgeries myself, and as soon as they come in, they ask me all these different questions. They put the marker on your body where they're going so that this way everybody knows. But, yeah. you know, just something as careless as not reading the chart, you know? Yeah, read the chart. For the rest of her I'm, life. I'm just going to wing this. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. That's a wild story, man. We appreciate it. You guys rock. Have a Thank you. Man. See you later. Wow. My brother had to, they made him draw on the actual knee that he was having surgery on. Okay, like so he was it. responsible for it. Yeah. And they still gave him breast implants. Yeah. <laughs> they look great. Yeah, it looks awesome. <laughs> they look great. All right. Uh, interesting stories. Thank you for the calls. We do appreciate it, but we do need to take a break. I just want to remind you today is Tattoos Day. So if you're interested in uh, getting a tattoo, maybe you could get something that says, sure. don't amputate. Yeah, right. <laughs> Preston and Steve show, whatever you want, <laughs> as long as we're included in it. It's from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Text the word tattoo to 39333. And don't forget, you can uh, visit Floating World Tattoo and Piercing at 1729 South Street or online. Check them out on Instagram at Floating World Tattoos. We'll be back in just a moment. The new and improved MMR app is out. It's faster, better organized, yet fully customizable to your liking. Start poking around now. 
If you want the latest rock news or Sarah's Rock Breakdown to show up top on your app feed, easy. Need to stay current on everything from the Preston and Steve show? Choose so it's delivered right to the top. Browse the latest station merch in the MMR Rock Shop. Look for Marissa's App Hack videos to get the ultimate user experience. So update your app now and then customize it to make the new MMR app your app. Let's dive into the world of the bizarre. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Brought to you this morning by Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. They present Candlebox coming Sunday, September 4th. Tickets are on sale at livecasinophilly.com. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, a young woman who was stripped of her title as the Busiris Bratwurst Festival Queen. Days before the opening of this year's event. Has retained a lawyer now. I would. On Friday... Abigail Brockwell shared with media a letter from the Wade Law Office of Galleon that was sent to the Corey Law Office, which represents the Bratwurst Festival Board of Directors on Thursday, the festival's opening day, mind you. You mess with the bully, you're going to get the horns. The letter said, please be advised that our offices have been retained by Abigail Brockwell and her parents, Angie Brockwell and Grant Brockwell, to represent them in all matters relating to the removal of Abigail Brockwell as Bratwurst Festival Queen. sausages. Festival director Kevin Myers confirmed Monday that Brockwell had been removed from office. Natalie Stover, who had served as first runner-up throughout the year, became the queen in her stead. What the hell? Angie Brockwell has said that her daughter was removed from office on August 8th, just 10 days. I would call the liverwurst queen as a character witness. Before the festival began. And several people in the crowd for the queen's pageant on Thursday evening wore black t-shirts with, quote, long live the queen on the front. Wow. And hashtag Team Abby on the back. Solidarity. The search... The shirts were designed by Rachel Stryker, who said... Enorm array of processed meat. We were approached by many citizens of Busiris to make something available due to the outrage. Exactly. We can't... Sausages! We... That's a lawyer. We can't claim to know the whole story. We don't have any horses in the race. Other, oh, they're eating horses other now. Other than wanting the best for the integrity of the festival and Busiris as a whole. How can you trust wow. the Bratwurst Festival at all? How can she slap? How can she slap? A local resident's Facebook post criticizing the decision and okay, demanding that Brockwell be allowed to fulfill her last duty as queen and the festival director, Kevin Myers, be fired it now has more than 450 shares on Facebook. Excellent. Excellent. I'm waiting for the movie. I don't know why they kicked her out. I don't know, man. We're looking at her. She looks lovely. It's the controversy that they're trying to solve. Okay. On to other pressing uh, issues. Uh, a priest named Luke Saguna is believed to have spent nearly $150,000 of parishioners' money on pornographic websites. Hey, Luke Saguna. And he faces accusations of money laundering in court. I'm an unconventional kind of priest. Uh, sources closely loves my porn and my money. Told the investi- uh, close the investigation. Told the Times of Malta uh, <laughs> that Saguna was accused of misappropriating parishioners' donations and used large volumes of the sites that provide live sex shows by performing artists against a fee. Is it possible he was going to reach out to counsel these people? It is understood that this went on for several years. 
Uh, Saguna is believed to have told investigators that he was struggling with a sexual crisis triggered by a major health problem at okay. the time. Yes. I had a chronic boner. When contacted, <laughs> his lawyer said that their client denies any wrongdoing. Uh, they said it must be pointed out that our client is in no way accused of any related offense. We further emphasize that at this point in time, our client is presumed innocent, and therefore any comments and reporting is mere conjecture. Uh-huh. And they said we would like to for you also to consider the irreversible harm that such reporting will cause our client and his family, even in the eventuality that he be acquitted from the charges brought against him. Is this, in fact, some of the porn you have been come to known as? Uh, the parish priest is pleading not guilty to charges of misappropriation of money laundering, and he was arraigned last week. And apparently he misappropriated some half million dollars given to him. And there are issues there. By 150 parishioners over a 10-year span, and that money was intended for the church. Yeah. The third annual Finnish Arctic Tree Hugging Championship took place (laughs) on August 20th. The competition is a fun way to draw attention to nature and to the fact that trees and forests, nature in general, can really bring well-being to your life and help you feel better when you are stressed. They can. There are three main events. There's speed hugging. In a clearly marked area, hug as many trees as possible in one minute with each hug lasting at least five seconds. There's dedication which is the most creative hug of a specific tree chosen by the participant for a maximum of one minute. And then there's the freestyle event, the most creative hug. The style is open to the competitor's own interpretation. One tree only for a maximum of one minute. The 2022 world champion tree hugger is Miss Ani Lankila. Uh, She is originally from Helsinki in southern Finland, but she now lives in Levi in uh, Finland. Remember that, and I was looking for it, we used to play it uh, fairly often, it was of these uh, this cult that would actually hug the trees and apologize to the trees yes. for deforestation. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yellowstone National Park released an update on a partial foot that was found inside a shoe <laughs> earlier this week. Yeah. It's like a like Cinderella story. A park employee made the gruesome discovery Tuesday. Is as, this your foot? As the show, uh, the shoe was floating in abyss pool. Ah. And evidence suggests an incident involving one person likely occurred on the morning of July 31st. Officials believe there was no foul play, but the investigation the foot just fell off. Is continuing to determine the circumstances of the death. They believe somebody is dead without wow. a foot. I think you'd notice if you're missing a foot, right? Abyss Pool is located in the West Thumb Geyser Basin in the southern part of Yellowstone National Park and has a depth of more than 50 feet. It is mm-hmm. one of the deepest hot springs in the park with a temperature of around 140 degrees. Did they take it away in a tow truck? Hey! <laughs> I like yes. that. Yes, Dad, they did. Uh, Yellowstone National Park <laughs> reminds visitors to stay on boardwalks and trails in thermal areas and to be extremely cautious around the fe- thermal features of the ground. In the hydrothermal areas is fragile and with uh, scalding water just below the surface. 140 degrees? Yeah. All right, and then uh, finally we'll end with this one. A Florida man armed with a machete was shot dead after breaking into a home, crawling into a guy's bed, and telling the sleeping resident, I love you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What was that? I said, I love you. And he had a machete. And I have a machete. (laughs) The I love you, but I don't love you, Machete. 
The incident happened on Thursday morning when police said that the homeowner, who was sleeping in an apartment connected to his home, told 911 operators there was a man in the unit who was sharpening a machete with a baseball bat. I love you. Uh, and he said, I have an intruder broken into my home. He's got a damn machete, and he's a little whacked. This feller's got a machete, and he told me he loved me. When deputies arrived at the apartment after the victim called 911, they found the machete-wielding suspect inside. The homeowner told 911 dispatchers that the intruder woke him up and said, I love you. I love you. And he said, I woke up on the mattress. I want to give you a rose. said, there's a woke up on the mattress, and there's a guy lying next to me saying, I love you. I'm weirded out. He's got my machete in his hand. Boy, thank God they got here quick. And that was the end of the phone call. So, uh, I got to go now. Yeah, got to buy some scratchers. Yeah. The Kardashian's on. And then that is what I have in the bizarre file for you now. Let's take a break, and when we return, we'll see if you've been paying attention. Yeah, we'll ask you the lesson question. we got a prize up for grabs, and uh, we'll do Trash and Music News, too, so stay right there. Did you know you could listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I think you want something free. Well, it's going to cost a little bit. We have to answer a question, but we do have something to give away, and it's for the lesson question. We're going to give away a pair of tickets for the Philly Burger Brawl Sunday, October 23rd Yeah, at Xfinity Live. And the question that we have for you this morning is, who's going to co-host a TED Talk with <laughs> Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> Actually, there'll be three yeah. speakers there. And if you can name <clears throat> one of the other two uh, that will be there with Sly Stallone. We can set you up. 215-263-WMMR. So who's doing that TED Talk with Sly Stallone? 215-263-WMMR. Let's even know the answer. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's get to it, Steve. What's going on this morning? Well, this is pretty cool. After the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences apologized to Native American Sasheen Littlefeather for their treatment of her 50 years ago, they then decided that they will be making her an honorary Academy member. Now 75 years old, Little Feather responded by asking for pudding. <laughs> oh, my God. Dr. Anthony Fauci announcing he's stepping down as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases in December. The 81-year-old Fauci says he plans on moving back into that tree where the other elves are baking cookies. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, fans immediately noticing that House of Dragon, the House of Dragon has no opening credits or theme song like its iconic predecessor, Game of Thrones. Producers say it was a creative choice after they ditched an opening sequence in which the whistling cast walks down to a fishing hole. Uh, <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. We will attempt to get an answer to this question. Who is going to co-host TED Talk with Sly Stallone? 215-263-WMMR. Let's try out Colleen, see if she knows the answer. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Wonderful. So, do you know who is co-hosting with Sly Stallone? That would be Bill Cosby. Correct. Yeah! Hang on, Colleen. 
We would have also accepted the Tasmanian Devil. And since you got it right, Colleen, you get a pair of tickets for the Philly Burger Brawl Sunday, October 23rd at Xfinity Live. Enjoy unlimited samples of burgers from over 60 of the area's leading restaurants and chefs, plus live music and activities all day. Uh, tickets are on sale now. You can go to WMMR.com, keyword burger. Proceeds benefit both the Philly Parks and Rec at Risk Teen Initiative and the School District of Philadelphia's after-school programming. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, I have a handful of stories for you this morning. We'll start with this one. Alter Bridge have announced plans to launch a new North American tour beginning January 25th in Tampa, Florida. And they'll be joined on the entire 30-city trek by Mammoth, WVH. Very nice. And also the band Red will join them for the first leg, followed by newcomers Pistols at Dawn for the second leg. And they will be in Philadelphia and this will be at Franklin Music Hall on February 5th. Tickets go on sale Friday, while uh, info and additional VIP ticketing packages can be found. Well, it says here, and then it's got a link, so that's not going to work, is Just it? Just point to where it is. It's right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, that'll be cool. And Wolfgang, coming back to town, we'll have to see if we can it's get great. him by That'd here. That'd be wonderful. Yes. So cool. Okay, Tommy Lee. <laughs> Tommy Lee has revealed that he posted a nude photo last week uh, during a, quote, mother-effing bender, okay? And during a Motley Crue show this weekend in San Antonio, and I'm going to read this verbatim, okay? Except a couple things I'm going to have to edit, but it just makes me realize that the way they characterized him... In uh, what was the Pam and Tommy? Pam and Tommy is kind of spot on. Yes, I thought the same thing. So he said, a "Couple weeks ago, <laughs> we had like a two week break off the tour, and I went on a mother effing bender, bro. Yeah, bro. I got you. Got to hear the bro in there. Went yeah. on a mother effing bender, bro. A bender. I got effing sideways as f and got naked and po- posted pictures of my d. He said, and usually, and this is him talking to a crowd. Okay, uh huh." Usually, I mean, you know, I'm a boob man, and I like to see boobs. And he was saying a different word. Uh-huh. But tonight, tonight it's equal opportunity night. Tonight, I want to see everyone's D. So come on, boys. Pull your S out. Pull your effing junk out. Let's go. So yeah. he's asking the crowd to whip out their Johnson. That's awesome. Uh, isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's very communal. Uh, I'm telling you, he's just, uh Yeah. I think they got it right in that uh, in it's, that show. It's spot on. I think they're both um, they're both nominated for. Or did it already pass for Emmys? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Yep, but both worthy of the uh, of the accolades. Yeah, yeah, they're both great. Uh, Kirk Hammett has spoke about the struggles that Metallica has in the studio and the amount of time that it takes to finish an album. Uh, the band's lead guitarist said, "Yeah, you know, I'm. It's not getting any quicker." Uh, he said, "It's just like." We have a way of working. We have a way, a process that unfortunately takes a long time. We have a process that has a long time. And it's just the way we work. That's the way it is. That's the way it works as a band. And I've grown to accept that. He credited his recent solo album for alleviating the stress and formulating ideas for new Metallica material. Uh, Putting out portals, he said, is great for me because it kind of frees me up from that schedule. I can come up with a few few tracks, 
uh, record them and put them out, and I can do it on a completely different time schedule from the band. And that's great because it doesn't seem to get in the way of the band's schedule because, like I say, we move at our own pace. Didn't they record the last album remotely from different locations? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. Yeah. And they said it actually helped. Worked out yeah. wonderfully. And then, finally, sad news, uh, but drummer Jerry J.I. Allison, the last surviving original member of Buddy Holly's band, The Crickets, passed away on August 22nd. He was 88 years old, so that was yesterday. Uh, it was very touching. I don't know if you saw, but Gary Busey did a little tribute where he pulled his pants down in a park. Stop it. Uh, in addition to his drumming duties for The Crickets, he co-wrote two of their biggest hits with Buddy, he wrote. He co-wrote. That'll be the day. Ah, and, and Peggy Sue. Wow. I mean, just yeah, juggernaut. Great songs. Uh, and Peggy Sue is named after Allison's eventual first wife. Allison and Holly had formed the group in their hometown of Lubbock, Texas, and were part of a much larger support team that encircled the band's songwriting and studio work. Holly, Allison, late bassist Joe B. Malden, and early guitarist Nikki Sullivan eventually recorded under both the band moniker and Buddy Holly uh, for two different labels. Uh, the Crickets parted ways with Holly in 1958, but according to numerous sources, were to reunite once Holly got back off of the road in 1959. Obviously, he died in the plane crash. Um, according to several sources, including then Buddy Holly touring bassist Waylon Jennings, Holly's uh, post-tour plans were to reconvene with the Crickets and carry on with then-current guitarist Tommy Alsop on lead guitar. Holly was also planning on starting his own record label, Prism Records, and signing Jennings as his first artist. It's pretty wild. Following Buddy Holly's 1959 death, J.I. Allison secured the Cricket's band name and continued to record in the early 1960s along uh, with backing the Everly Brothers. Along with Buddy Holly's collaborator, a later day Cricket, Sonny Curtis, Allison co-wrote of the song More Than I Can Say for Bobby V in 1962 with Leo Sayer ah. doing his 1980 cover version that topped out at number two. I didn't realize that was a cover. I didn't either. Allison and other assorted crickets and Holly's sidemen went on to play on many of the hits that came out of L.A. on the Liberty Records label. In the 1980s, he and Joe B. Malden received the, and the crickets, I'm sorry, revived the crickets both on stage and in the studio. And in 2012, the crickets... Were finally inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by none other than Smokey Robinson. Uh, you know, I've heard uh, Buddy Holly sing, obviously, and and uh, in, in in concert footage and show footage. I don't think I've ever heard him just speaking. I, he, I there, he does a quick interview with um, uh, with Ed Sullivan, right? Um, before they perform, and he talks about being from Lubbock, Texas, right, and right. a few other things. So there's there's a little bit of him talking, but as far as like a sit down, yeah. lengthy interview, don't, I, does that even exist? I don't know. Do so you guys know who played uh, Buddy Holly at Jackrabbit Slims in um, Pulp oh, yeah. Fiction? Yeah, I just saw it over the weekend. Yeah, it was uh, Buscemi. Buscemi. Yeah, 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 Steve Buscemi. Yeah, he walks up and goes, "Hey, I'm Buddy." Yeah, <laughs> I love that sequence. Yep. Yep. All right, and that is all I have in music news for you. That's all you need, really. Let's take a break. We'll come back in a moment. We'll get our winner for Tattoos Day, and then we will pass the baton. Pierre Robert. Don't forget Letter of the Day, Word of the Week prize coming up, too, so we'll get that when we return. Stay down. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an Internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. 
Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Today is Tuesday. We're going to get our first letter for our word of the week. It's a short one. It's a four-letter word here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I would like to thank our guest, Mr. Paul Rice. Yeah. For being on the show, man. He's the best. He's just great. He's so easy to talk to. He's got so many, you know... Uh, uh, credits to his his title, you know, and he's just he's a funny, super nice guy. I mean, tons of stuff. You, yeah. you know, remember he was in Aliens. Yeah. Know? He oh, was yeah. Burke. Yeah. He was the prick. Yeah, he goes way back to tons of different things. So uh, he's going to be in town, Keswick Theater, and that's going to be on the 11th. That's 11-11 on the 11th of November. So you can go to paulreiser.com or axs.com to get tickets. Maybe we can get him here for Camp Out. It'd be great. He'll be in town during that. Um, we got to get a, well, you want to do the letter of the day first? We can do that. All right, let's do that first. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. B is in boy. All right, B is in boy. And we have a $500 Visa gift card that we're giving away from Marvel Studios' She-Hulk attorney at law. Uh, starring Emmy Award winner Tatiana Maz, uh, Maslani. Mazatano. Maslani. Yes. Mazatano. <laughs> Original series now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. So we'll give that away on Friday. Four letters are all you have to keep track of, which is good. Um, how you doing, man? Excellent. Wonderful. Uh, you get back yesterday? Uh, last night. Last night. All right, yeah. cool. Welcome yeah. back. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I want to do this before we uh, find out what you have going on. Uh, Tattoos Day. Oh, yes. All right, so we got a winner. Giving a $350 gift certificate to Brett Fortin, or Fortini or Forcin, I'm not sure, who is from uh, Schwankville, PA. Hey! All right, Brett, we're going to give you that gift certificate courtesy of our friends at Floating World Tattoo and Piercing and... You can get uh, inked up at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. If you want to check out some of the samples, visit FloatingWorldTattoos.com or check them out on Instagram at FloatingWorldTattoos. Uh, it's good to see you back, sir. Thank you. Good to see you, kids. Yeah, we've uh, we've been having a good time. I'm pleased. Yeah. As punch to hear it. Yeah. And uh, what's coming up on your program today? Well, uh, I'm going to have tickets for the baseball game because I have a lot of sports stuff happening on my show. Hmm. Part of the new emphasis, all sports. Yes. As much of the time as I can do. They went to the right guy. They did. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm also starting a show at the Fanatic. <laughs> Um, this uh, weekend, I'm going to be on Saturday and Sunday all day. Sports oh. rock, yeah. I've, I've, yeah, like, sports rock. It's good a, it's good a, precedent in this city for yeah. doing well and getting great ratings. Exactly. Right. And Thank you're going to be the, like a bomb thrower. You're going to throw out controversial Oh, yeah. I'm going to piss off the fans. <laughs> put in Thompson. Damn it. I told you he sucked. Right. Don't put him in. Or put him in. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but have him get it. That's... 
That's Piers' catchphrases. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. He's trying to do the best we can. His damn team and just ref. Come on. Yeah. You're blind? You want me to get you a prescription for some opticals? <laughs> for some specs? Spectacles? For God's sake. Tighten it up, Buster. I love it. I'd tune in. I Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's got a big future. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, I, like I will have tickets for the baseball game where Jackie Bam Bam will be prancing at. Um, yeah. He, there's some mummers thing th- that's happening in the baseball thing. And for Jackie's, string band night with the Phils. Is that it up there? On the, the, that yeah. looks like it's it. It's uh, what I knew, and actually was it string band night with the Phils. And Jackie's involved in it somehow. And he'll be prancing around uh, in costume, and it should be fun. Nice. I've got baseball tickets. Buster? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) What do you want? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I do know that I always like diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) What? I like diamonds. All the great sports. You know what I love? I love a good diamond. diamond. If I go see Gina at Stephen Singer. What is he talking about? Or to Lulu, or whatever her name is. Lulu. Gina anyway. and Lulu. Gina and Lulu, the new diamonds on 8th and Walnut. The other corner of 8th and Walnut, that is. I don't know. <laughs> STP. The other the corner's who. a restaurant. Well, anyway, yeah, exactly. <laughs> STP, The Who, and Jane's Addiction. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be something like that. It'll be some Tuesday thing. I don't know. I don't know. I gotta go. All right. All right. What do you want from me? All right. I want to thank. Our, I want to thank our sponsors. Preston Steve Show brought to you today by Duncan. The <laughs> this should be on a shirt. I don't know. I don't With know. Pierre Robert. <laughs> but you. You like behind the microphone, like with it with the, 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 the fedora. Oh, boy. <laughs> Duncan, the Preston Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors. Acme, the grocery store, the Preston Steve Show, and brought to you by Wilmington University. Go to wilmu.edu, dual credit. That's wilmu.edu, dual credit. Tomorrow on our program, a Wednesday, we'll go live on Fox Good Day. We will have on the show tomorrow Rob McElhaney of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and the new show uh, about Wrexham, about the uh, uh, the football team, the, the soccer team. He is checking in with us about that tomorrow. Welcome to Wrexham, right? And yeah. also in our studio, uh, Pierre, we're going to have Eric Bazilian and Rob Hyman stopping nice. by. And it's mainly because of an observation I made about a song that I need to ask Rob about, and they've got shows coming up, so they're going to stop in town. Cool. Uh, into the studio and hang out for a little bit, so it's always nice. All right. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Give me a listen. I don't know. That's it. It's a baseball ref. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. I don't know. We'll see you tomorrow or something. All right. Bye-bye. Is now your time to make home sweet home even sweeter? When you are ready to refinance, Wells Fargo is here to help you use the power in your property. Whether you want to make home improvements or just make more great moments in the home you love. No matter your reasons to refinance, now's your time. Get started at wellsfargo.com slash time to refi. 
Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., NMLSR, ID 399801, Equal Housing Lender. 